You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. Wow! Total Talk Nonsense with John Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 297, Scott! That's right, John. Episode 297. And it's been... Can you guess how long it's been since episode 296? I don't know. Do you know the day? You want to guess the day that we released 296? A while ago. Just give me a guess. Just guess. uh, The day. The date? The day. The date. Give me the date. The month Um, and the day. May... May... First. First. You are not far off, John. April 26th wow, is when no we released way. episode 296, and a lot has happened since then, John. A lot oh, has happened. man. I guess the biggest news is we both turned 50. Oh, yeah. The that's right. The big 5-0, 50. John. Yeah. Uh, Amber got back to you. I remember in 296 that uh, you sent her a very lovely note about meeting Simon and her, and yes. she didn't get back to you, but she did. I had oral surgery and a colonoscopy, I John. Say, I had oral sex <laughs> and surgery a colonoscopy. And a colonoscopy. I'm sure we've both seen a lot of movies. We'll talk about that later. I had oral sex and a colonoscopy. <laughs> Where do you go for Stephen that? Thailand. C came to town. Stephen C. The great Stephen C came to town. Uh, your daughter graduated and you danced with her, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA wrapped up. The Miami Heat were th- were dethroned by the Spurs there. Dethroned. And the NHL Stanley Cup. The Hawks were in it. They went seven games with L.A. They lost an OT. They lost. And L.A. went on to win the Cup. But I, I remember some of the shows that we had scheduled um, wound up on a playoff yeah, night for the Blackhawks. Like, yeah, we can't do this. Like, yeah, do you want to do the show the or should we go watch the game? And we went and watched we the game. We watched the game. Over at Nick's. And what a wonderful story yeah. we have uh, when we went over to Nick's. <laughs> to re- we told that story, didn't no, we? No, we didn't tell that oh, story. Oh, no. April 26th. I don't know. It's like six weeks ago. No, yeah, eight weeks ago almost. I can't even remember what movies I saw. Um, I did a triathlon, and not only you, John, but we had gigs. Right. Well, you had gigs. I had a gig. Gigs. A gig that we'll talk about, and I'm sure that we're missing a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. That happened over the last eight weeks. And then from a news perspective... Right. Um... The only thing that is is stands out no to me doubt. is uh, Dick no Cheney, doubt. John. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. I don't know if his wife's trying to sell a book, so he comes out and he says that um, uh, Obama is is leading the country in the wrong direction because he's not sending troops back to Iraq. And for Dick Cheney to comment on Iraq is. You know, we started the show 11 years ago now. 11 fucking years ago. <laughs> no. And since, 2004. Since day, 10 years. So since day one, and this is right after W was in office and, and 9-11 and then W invades, we've been saying you cannot promote democracy with the, gun, the barrel of a gun. You can't right, point right. a gun in somebody's face and promote democracy, and it's not going to work. And uh, I think we've been proven right. I hate to say I told you so there, John, yeah. but- how many trillions of dollars right. lost lives later? We get rid of Saddam. Yeah. And now the country is up for grabs. Yeah, 10 and years later, and they're. It's a total shithole. It's a shithole. Keep more troops there because it takes a long time. Yeah, it, it takes a long time. No, if you want democracy, you fight for it yeah. yourself. 
That's right. Now, if you want to take a different approach strategy-wise or spending money-wise, I'm all for that. Let's have some new ideas. Yeah, but here's the thing. Bush Be- Bush had, uh, had already signed some deal with uh, Maliki that uh, the troops were going to be gone within a couple of years anyway. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and what's that worth? They they weren't gone within a couple of years. And no. then private contractors, uh, Halliburton, Cheney's former company, uh, who still was on the board of directors, if I'm not mistaken, just rake the cash in. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's a joke over there. And we're out of there. And I'm, I'm glad that Obama said, hey, we're not sending troops. We'll send some advisors. Uh, uh, but I did hear that uh, Israel just threw some uh, shit over into Syria. I don't know what that's about. But the Middle East is in worse shape than it ever was. And uh, some of that is attributed to the W and yeah. Cheney. And they lied us into this war. They used this bullshit intelligence uh, to get the support and lost lives, trillions of dollars. Uh, and then Cheney to have the nerve. I would say they're in the last throws. To come out and, and, and criticize Obama. If they're in the last throws of the insurgency and mission was accomplished, why would we need to send troops back? Who, who knows? They're in their last. It's obviously Obama's of the Obama came in and, and How they. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> they gained confidence or something because he's really a Muslim and he's funneling. Who knows? They'll come up with some conspiracy theory. How about that? But that really nauseated me, John. Nauseated me. But uh, let's get on with that. Let's move on and let's talk about let's the celebration of the last eight weeks since two ninety six, John. You don't want to play some video from that? Video <laughs> from Cheney? Cheney. Yeah, if you got any. Uh, She's going to nauseate me. And he's got his daughter in the video and he's wearing a hey, cowboy hat. <laughs> what a douche. Silly. Oh, see, there's just so much shit here. Uh, All right, John, before we move on. Yeah. While you sort that out, we need to call out a very special listener. Yeah. Who yeah. sent us a care package. Yes. Uh, and it included two bottles of Irish whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Bushmills, Bush. aged 10 years and aged 16 years. Bushmills. And who is that listener, John? Gert. 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 He's going to have to call in and tell us how to pronounce his Gert. name. Gert. Lombard. Gert Lombard. Gert. <laughs> All right, John, so do you have... The I policies it. of the last six years have left oh, here America we go. diminished and weakened. from this asshole. Our enemies no longer fear us. Our allies no longer trust us. Empty threats, meaningless red lines, leading from behind, and engagement with rogue <laughs> regimes have put America on a path of decline. Threats to America's security are on the rise. Iran is marching toward a nuclear weapon. Al-Qaeda is resurgent, establishing new safe havens across the Middle East, including in Iraq, where President Obama withdrew all American forces. Who isn't marching towards a nuclear weapon because of assholes like you, Dick Cheney? Well, he said uh, they no longer trust us. Why is that? Maybe it's because of the Patriot Patriot Act and the NSA and, and wiretapping the entire fucking globe. 
Maybe that's why they don't trust or us. Waterboarding or yeah, Abu Ghraib. Waterboarding. Abu Ghraib. Or manufacturing evidence to invade a country. Yeah. And dis- uh, d- dispose. Is that it? Dispose? Dispose. Of Saddam Hussein, who yeah. is the only guy who could keep those people under control. We need uh, our our resident uh, Republicans, Jesus, Julie, and, uh, and TP on yeah. the show. Yeah. To give their take on. Uh, TP's on, take. TP's take. I, we should call him right now and, Jesus and Christ, find Julie. out. What what is his take? We can call. We got his number, right? Look, look, listen. listen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me handle the interview with TP John. <laughs> you get him too excited. <laughs> oh yeah, I get him too excited. <laughs> That's if he picks up the phone. We'll get to the bottom of this. My aunt was talking. My aunt and uncle came over um, last weekend, and she was talking to me about all this stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like current events, I have no idea what you're talking about because I don't watch Fox News. <laughs> so I, I don't. <laughs> so you got to. You have to tell me what's ha- like. She would just say like the headline. I'm like, I don't know what that means. You got it, yeah. TP. Calling him up? Oh, we didn't test Skype, though, did we? Oh, it, it'll you work You have reached fine. the Sprint voicemail box of... <laughs> hey, TP. TP! It's John and Scott. Give us a call back at this Scott. number if you get Calls this message. This number. That's yeah. right. We want to ask you some questions, TP. Dudes. Dudes. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Maybe he'll call us back. All right. Uh, are we done listening to Cheney, or has he got more? With no stay-behind agreement. He has announced he intends to do the same in Afghanistan. Yeah, good. Syria has become the most dangerous training ground for Islamic terrorists since the attacks of 9-11. President Which Obama I did nothing repeated. to prevent. How, yeah, how does this guy have any fucking credibility whatsoever? <laughs> I don't know. How, how is he even credible? I mean, they, they just like are are preaching to the lunatic fringe of this country. ...repeatedly misled the American people about the attacks in Benghazi. Can you stop it? His daughter is just like squinting. Obama continuously misled the country. Anybody else mislead the country? Cheney? No. Cheney? They're in the last throws, if you will, Scott. Yeah, last throws. Yeah. Yeah. True nature of the threat we face. We're forming the Alliance for a Strong America because we know America's... Because I tried to run for Senate and they fucking Republicans ran me out of town. Security depends upon our ability to reverse President Obama's policies. We know that America is the exceptional nation and that there is no substitute for American... Liz, you ignorant slut. ...leadership around the world. We know that America's armed forces are the greatest fighting force and the greatest force for good the world has ever known. The alliance. Well, that's questionable. That, well, I, I, you know, uh, greatest fighting be, force. Yes, she might be right there because we're good as well. A ton of money into it. All right, and for good, possibly. I mean, that might be a factual statement, but led by assholes like these two, no, I don't right. think so. For a strong America, will educate about and advocate for the policies needed to restore American power and preeminence. 
We will provide information to citizens about national security and defense policy and ensure that these issues are a critical part of America's national debate and discussion over the next two years yeah, and beyond. Yeah, great. That's what we need. The economy's in the shitter, and we need more rhetoric like this. What a fucking waste of time. Alliance for a Strong America, John. That's yeah. ASA. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's just really... Uh, how long does Obama have left? Uh, two years left? Yeah. And we don't have to hear this anymore? Can he just go away now and we can get somebody new in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... Isn't there somebody like a substitute president, like a substitute teacher? Yes, yeah, Bi- throw Biden in there, right? What is he doing? <laughs> throw He's got Biden to do. in there. Yeah. Well, the, I'm I'm just so tired. Even loose if loose cannon Biden. Uh, the question I have for Tony is: There anything Obama has done that is um, uh, would be positive, a positive thing? And I don't. Th- I, I think the when they they devour Fox News and they buy it hook, line, and sinker. Like even when the W is in, he, my opinion, he's the one of the worst presidents in history. But he did some good things, and we, when he did something good, we said, yeah. "Hey, that was a good thing That's he a did." Good thing they were few and far between, but when we thought he did it, we would say so. Is there anything that TP would say that Obama did that no. was right? No, nothing. And it's just so. I'm just so tired of it. Just so tired, John. I'm tired. <laughs> you know what it is? It we're uh, we te- blabity blabity blah. Whoa. We, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is, Marty. We hit fifty. We're on the back nine. We don't have yeah. time for this stuff anymore. On the back nine. Yeah, so we're on the back nine, nine, and we're done. No, fifty. Oh, we're uh, we're on the back nine now. I see. We already played the fr- the front the f- nine. The front nine. We, we just, it's all downhill. It's all downhill from I know. There. I was talking to somebody at one of my son's games, and he's like, "It's all downhill." Like you, you, you had your shit all together, and you were running uphill uh, to the prize, uh, whatever it was, from from fifteen to forty, and then after that, it's it's all over. The shit starts growing out of your ears, and and now we're fifty. But you're yeah. a good-looking fifty. You're tan. Oh, thank you're you. You're running like triathlons. Yes, I do that. You're a good-looking fifty-two. I, I'm John. sitting around eating chocolate and. Yeah, but when we I don't know if, when this happened, but we were out somewhere, and a woman practically pushed me over to get to you, John. <laughs> we talked about that, didn't Did we? we? Yeah, two ninety-six. So. Yeah, when we were at, all right. Uh, so back to Gert, John. Gert. Uh, let's sample. I hope you haven't sampled it yet. Oh, I have not. Okay, this is straight up, uh, straight up out of a red 16. solo cup. Yeah, sixteen years. Actually, is this a solo cup? I don't want to. I don't want to say solo cup. Single malt. It is a red cup. Irish whiskey, triple distilled, matured in three woods. All right, I gotta get John. a water back here. Three woods. You you should have some water in there. I, I gave d- you some I water. I hooked you up. I do. Okay, ready? All right, here we go. Oh wait, maybe we need some some softer music for this. Do we? No, this is good. Hey, this that's not good. bad, John. It's not bad. Not bad. You know, I uh, first uh, it was turned on to Bushmills by Paul Newman in the movie Verdict. He plays a lawyer, and after work he would go to this tavern and have a Bushmills. You know, it's got kind of a peach 
aftertaste. Peach? Peach. I taste peach. Peach. I like peach. I like a fuzzy peach. Aged in <laughs> bourbon. Uh, I like a fuzzy peach. Uh, sherry and port wine casks. Ah, that's what it is. For a rich fruitiness and melty nuttiness. Ah, that's what it is. I, t- I taste peach. I'm sorry, not a melty, a malty, <laughs> malty nuttiness. There he goes already, folks. No, this font is hard to read, John. No. Oh, it's hard to read with your old fifty-year-old <laughs> That's eyes. That's right. I had to hold the thing like three feet away from me. <laughs> oh my god, man! <laughs> this font. Blame it on the font. It's a gold-colored font. On a. Did you see Rick? Even with the glasses on, I'm holding the picture up to him, and he had to back up four feet to see it. <laughs> and it, you know, and when it's on your phone, it's like a postage stamp you're looking at at that point. Yes, yes, you are looking at a postage stamp. So, John, where do we want to start? Let's start with our fiftieth. We both turned fifty. Yeah. You had some sort of a birthday celebration, right? Yeah, my wife put some shit out on the lawn. She, uh, oh, right. She rented some fucking giant sign with a dinosaur on it and then had like 50 dinosaurs put on the lawn for all of the nation to see as they passed by my house. It said I was 50. Yeah. Nice. So it's kind of a bold move of my wife because she turns 50 in September. Mm-hmm. So I have all this time to plan something bigger, something bigger, better. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of a real headstone and getting it and putting it in front of her work, <laughs> right there by your house. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I got you know. I got to think something up. So yeah, we turned fifty. Uh, yeah, birthday celebration went to. Um, Actually, my wife and I had lunch together at Gibson's. Had a big ass steak and some carrot cake, and then on the sixth, we went uh, to see a band called Luna Blue for my birthday. You came and joined. Um, you were almost killed. Yeah, yeah, I remember That's that. Right. Yeah. yeah, see, but you you, you hooked me up. You man. walked right through a drug deal. That's right. <laughs> I walked right through it. Right through it. And I'm like, come on, let's go get your car. No, dude, you're not fast enough. I can run. You, I'll have to push down. (laughs) Yeah, as I run past you. So what happened is I went to, the place was so packed, I had to park in this apartment building next door. So I figure, okay, and and it said visitor parking way in back. Way in back. So I go way in back, and I take the very last spot. And I get out of my car, and I'm skipping along back to the, you know, 200 yards back to the street. With your pork pie hat on. With my pork pie hat. And I khaki shorts. I walk by this big van, and there's a parking spot in between the van and this other van. And all these guys are are talking, and I walk by. They stop talking, and they all look at me like, "Yeah, who the fuck is this fucking S-A, gringo five O? You fucking cockroach." Essay. <laughs> so I hey, keep walking. You got the yayo, chicho. Before I get to the street, this other van pulls in, and it blocks my car in. Oh, man. So I go in, and I see you, and I'm like, dude, I I don't know, man. I'm in trouble. (laughs) They blocked my car in. There's a drug deal going on. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Hey, man, let's just go get your car. So we go back. You're the lookout, John. I I put you at the street. You're the lookout. If something goes down, I can run really fast. I can run away. Yeah. 
And now when we show up, they they got like a what do you, what would you call it, John? A, oh, a they guy, got a yeah lookout. A the lookout front. at the front. He's leaning on the trunk of a car, smoking, looking at his phone, and he's looking at us. And he's like, looking at us, and we're talking about what we're gonna do. <laughs> okay, here's the plan. All right, I'm gonna go down there, and you're telling me you're gonna Break. go down there, and uh, you stay here. Okay, yeah. I go. Okay, I'll stay here. And if anything happens, like you scream or something, I'll call 911. Well, I said, if you don't see my car, if you don't see yeah. the headlights or the, the taillights in a minute. And you see like gun brains <laughs> shooting out <laughs> of my head and gunshots. Or if you see a turtle come back with my head on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then call the police. The po-po. Yeah. So I, I go back there. I walk right by <laughs> these guys again. I don't make eye contact. No. I get in my car. I size it up first, and I get in my car, and I'm like, I think I can make this. And I did like a 20-point turn. That, before you do that, though, I'm looking at my phone, and I look up, and the lookout dude is staring right at me. And I just read something on my phone that was funny, and I went <laughs> <laughs> and laughed out loud looking at this guy. And then I realized, oh, I'm laughing at a guy that probably has a fucking gun that's going to shoot me. But I'm by the street, so I don't think he's going to take any chances. Right, I you look just had right to duck behind my, the bushes right there. Yeah, like the bushes. Stay in a line gonna, of bushes. <laughs> <laughs> like those are going to stop a bullet. So I did this 20-point kind of back yeah, up. Yeah, impressive. Like a centimeter on each side. <laughs> I back up. Like I 100 swing miles around. an hour, too. You weren't like doing it slowly. No, either. no. Like, <laughs> I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here as quickly as I can. <laughs> And so then I, um, I, uh, I, I, I was out in front of them towards the street, but I purposely backed up, locked them up. I really couldn't because I had anti-lock brakes. I like went in reverse really fast, and yeah. then I tried to lock them up, but it was anti-lock brakes. And I locked it up right where I was. I could look to my right and see them. And I gave them a little wink, yeah. and I tipped my hat, and then I sped off, John. And then I got a parking spot in the tavern. No a proper doubt. parking yeah. spot in the tavern. It was very exciting, though, John. Very exciting. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't my birthday yet, right? No. No. So that was, I was 49 when that happened, That's John. Right. You might not have seen 50. I, I may not have ever yeah. seen 50. Wow. Yeah. And I was already 50. Scott! Yeah. So we, the band was pretty good, and then they called us up, called me up there, and another girl, a friend of mine, Judy. I must have left and before then, then. Made fun of us. No, no, no. You, you, I think it was before, before you I got showed up? there. Yeah. Uh, they made a song up right there. Uh, I I read the girl's bio later, and I found out that she was uh, one of those Second City people. Those improvs. So, yeah. So she asked us some questions about our job and what we wished for, and I couldn't come up with anything fucking clever. So I sounded like a complete dumbass, you know. Mm-hmm. Here I, you know, we do the show, we do some clever bits, we got a shit that just rolls right out. I get up in front of a bunch of people and she says, what do you do for a living? I'm, uh, I'm a uh, logistics manager. Okay. Um, all right. What do you, what did you want for your birthday? Um, um, and the drummer's playing Gretsch drums. I go, Gretsch drums. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you wish for when you blew out your candles? Um... World peace. <laughs> like, what a fucking moron, right? Uh, the other person, Judy, she came up with some great lines. Like, uh, 
Uh, what did you ask for for your birthday? Uh, Dave Grohl. <laughs> nice. And then they asked her, well, what was your wish when you blew out your candles? And then the singer filled it in. Well, if you already wanted Dave Grohl, obviously your wish is Dave Grohl. And I'm like, yeah, she fucking smoked me on that one. Anyway, so then they made a song out of Dave Grohl. Uh, what we did for a living, and I couldn't hear a fucking word of it. All I did, I remember taking a selfie with me and the bass player, though. Nice. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of cool. That was fun. And then uh, and then uh, we had a good time. I thought I thought I had a good time. Did you have a good time? I had a good time, John. It's very exciting. Uh, very exciting. Duvo showed up. Nick, yeah. Nick, yeah. Uh, hey, Tommy uh, was there. Um, Phil uh, was there. Have some <laughs> shots. Yeah, yeah. Shot. You want to do a shot? Let's do. What kind of shot? Let's do a toast. A cr- what is it? A t- cinnamon toast crunch. I said it was right. Yeah. 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 Let's do that. All right. Hey, you coming to my party? My kids' party. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit the Frog. <laughs> That's so rude, John. I know. I know. He does his own voice better than I do it. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it was um, loads of fun. I had the uh, Gibson dinner for the 50th, and uh, I I think we were at the in-laws. We did the 50th and the Father's Day all in one because it kind of falls around the same time. And uh, I got some cool... Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. You got the go-ahead to get a Harley for your 50th. That's right. That is very cool. I got a bottle of Redbreast, my favorite Irish whiskey. That's single malt, John. That's out of sight. That is out of sight. Out of sight. It's getting hot in there, huh? Yeah, so then uh, let's see. Uh, Well, you want to... I had oral surgery. That went well. I had some stories from that, but I can't remember any of them. I had a colonoscopy. That was interesting, you know, because you got to evacuate the day before. Bowels, yeah. So they put you on the schedule, and you got to take, you got to <laughs> drink like a gallon of, uh, I forget what they call it, but I mean, everything just falls out of you. Yeah. And um, I had to do that for my um, gallbladder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and at some point, I got the chills, and I, I had to jump in bed and throw like, 50 blankets on top of myself to warm up and I thought I was you know I might have to cancel but it was just like a half hour kind of a thing yeah. and then I was okay half hour. I had a half hour bug ever hear that yeah it was it was kind of weird and then uh I showed up and they put me under and like, and like it seemed like two seconds later they woke me up and said everything went well and then I fell back asleep and then they woke me up again and said you can go and then I went it was great yeah, but then well, here's what they don't tell you, John. They don't tell you. <laughs> oh, maybe I already told the story. They don't tell you for the next 24 hours you cannot trust your ass. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. you did tell the story. I did story. tell the story. See, we did the show sooner. Yeah. Eight weeks ago. Nothing's must have been happened. like seven weeks and four <laughs> Nothing's days. happened in seven weeks. Uh, all right, and then, so then, uh, NHL, John, Blackhawks, we were watching the playoffs. Yeah. We would either watch it here, we'd go over to Nick's. So one night right. we'd go over to Nick's, and you and I have never been to Nick's place, but right. we'd go over to Nick's, we find his place, 
and we walk in and the Hawks are winning two to one and we walk in and two minutes later the other team scores yeah. and it's two to two and everybody in the they room turn on us turned like around fucking and, yeah like we were lepers you man. need to leave get out of here you need to go that is great you know we've never met these people before <laughs> such hospitality hostility is what we got not hospitality yes. hostility so Nick was like, hey, I got <laughs> Let's go. We're going to go downstairs. We're going to bed a shoot. Let me escort you down in the basement. <laughs> so he takes us downstairs. So Mr. Schmuel's there. We go to, was it just us four? <laughs> yeah. We go downstairs and he's got to turn some lights on. Yeah, and, I'm and the bars. I got a beer in my hand. You the, go, we got beers. <laughs> we're just nonchalant. <laughs> Uh, I had a whiskey. There's you had a, a beer. big screen going. A kid down there playing. The bar's all the way at the other end of the basement, so we got to make our way over to the bar. And the bar's kind of lit, and it's kind of dark in between. And I'm walking, and I see the what appears to be the a treadmill, and it appears to be coming out in one direction. So I walk around the treadmill, and uh, you you weren't so fortunate, John. No, you did not see the treadmill, and you and you try well you. Kind of walked over it, but your feet, both your feet got caught. Yes. <laughs> and you tumbled forwards. And I tumbled. just. I caught, I didn't catch the trip, but I caught. I slammed. I caught you rolling forward with your ankles well, yeah. kind of coming over your head and touching your ears. <laughs> as the beer you were holding was flailing all over. <laughs> the yeah. room you're spraying that all over the room like you won the world championship or something and uh yeah you know and and i wasn't my first reaction was not of concern no it was of hey what are you doing on the floor and Get then up. what uh, the fuck followed by uh laughter, laughter. and um it's it's your expense hysterical and, laughter I mean, you could have been seriously injured and then you- nick's laughing <laughs> what happened <laughs> What the fuck's with you guys? I'm glad it was just you knuckleheads down there. Could you imagine if all the, that other group was down there later? Yeah. Oh, man, I bit it. Here's the thing. So I slammed down. I mean, literally, my teeth could have been knocked out because both both feet got stuck. Like, usually you can pull one up and maybe, you know, catch yourself a little bit and roll on your side. I, I had enough sense to turn sideways a little bit when I realized there was no way I was bringing the other leg up. Did you turn sideways to try to save the yeah, beer? I did. Yeah, because I didn't want me, it to shatter. I don't care about that. I I'm out for self preservation. <laughs> well, I don't I care was what too. I'm holding. I didn't want any glass shooting in my eyes or something. If I'm holding the vase from Trading Places, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to drop that goddamn thing and make sure that I'm okay. I pretty much saved it. it and then it. The concussion of my wrist hitting the ground made the beer fly out of my hand, but it didn't break. It didn't break. No, it didn't break. Uh, But I thought my kneecap was broken. I thought that was broken. So then I'm just sitting there, and, you know, the endorphins just start rushing through your body along with the adrenaline. And it's like, it's exhausting because it just like rushes through you. And I was okay for the rest of the night, but two days later, I felt like I was in a car accident. I had, like, my neck muscles hurt from the whiplash. 
Yeah. Yeah. Put your phone down, man. Would I, you? I'm not, I don't have my yeah, phone. Yeah, you are. No. Yeah. I, ha- I was having attention. a sip. Here's what I did. So I, we had the Bushmills, and then there was a bunch of bottles that had half shots and shots in them. I emptied five bottles. Oh, in t- my God. You- so I emptied Glenlivet, so Maker's you a, Mark. You made a blend. I made a blend. Uh, unfortunately, I emptied, I well, fortunately and unfortunately. Fortunately, I got rid of the smoked maple knob creek. <laughs> unfortunately, it's in this drink, and it overwhelms everything else. Oh. Uh, Tullamore Dew, and I can't remember where I started and stopped, but I think there's like four or five different whiskeys in this, in this glass. It's very interesting, John. Very nice. interesting. So that's what I was doing. I was sipping ah. my blended whiskey. Blended whiskey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. And so we were back at Nick's for the seventh game. Yeah. When they lost an OT. Lost. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a downer. Yeah. That that really brings the party down. I think the game we were there where they tied it up. The Hawks eventually won. Although my idea was a hit. What was your idea? The uh, popcorn with. Parmesan cheese, Scott. That was your idea? Yeah. I thought that that's what Barb makes all the time. No. she. she I didn't know that was your she, idea. Uh, she said, uh, so she did it with some Swedish seasoning or something. And I'm like, oh, this is a, what's on this? this is a strange taste. Oh, it's a Swedish thing. And I'm looking at the can. I don't know what the hell it is. And she makes it kind of the old-fashioned way. She puts it in a pot with oil. And just shakes it like the a authentic jiffy way, pop. Yeah, John. What did I say? The official way? No, you, yeah, but I'm just saying yes. The authentic, authentic way, right? Official way to make popcorn. Yeah. Some people are good at that. Some yeah. people not so not good. Not so at good. That, yeah, so, yeah. So then I said, uh, "How about Parmesan cheese?" She goes, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll make it with that after." So then she decides to make another batch and puts the Parmesan on there. Uh, and uh, everybody's eating. They're like, what's on this? Oh, my God, this is delicious. Well, John, you're the hostess yeah. with the mostest because you got the popcorn recipes, yeah. you got the Mai Tai oh, recipes. You, you saw my party I throw. I can throw a party. Yeah. Don't I? Yeah, you I and my sh- daughter. Yeah. We can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, maybe we don't have to talk about no, that. No, we should No, okay. All right, so then uh, let's see. You tripped over a treadmill. The Hawks ended up losing, and the Kings right. won the Stanley Cup. How about that, John? I got some audio of me tripping over the... Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Want to hear it? Sure. <laughs> I'm all right, though. Boink. Boink. Yeah, so then the other thing that happened is the great Stephen C. came yeah. to town, John. So he was yeah. in, because he's on the board of directors for the ISA right. something uh, annual meeting, which is the... Uh, um, Would you like a starter? <laughs> it's the meeting <laughs> where all these PhD people get together, starter? and they present their findings, and it's it's broken off into two camps. There's the item response theory yes. camp and the rash camp, right. and it's very confrontational, this, this, uh, this conference, but they... They got together in Chicago to to make some decisions about how to spend their money and where to have the next conference and that kind of stuff. So he was staying at a hotel right by uh, that Rosemont district there, right? So we went to Gibson's and uh, we hung out there. And I'm trying to remember when you hooked up with us. Piano bar. At the piano bar. Yeah. Yeah, so we go to the piano bar. 
I'm trying. Yeah, my memory is just for shit. But yeah. we go to the piano bar. We hook up with you, and then my cousin Kelly showed up. Yeah, yeah. she lives like five miles away from. We there. went over to. Uh, then we shot over to Peggy Canaan's. Peggy Canaan's. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the setting of uh, Peggy Canaan's is where we told Steve that yeah we were gay lovers and he uh, <laughs> he still hasn't gotten yeah, over that he's he's upset still yeah, still upset about that and then oh we had to leave the piano bar because the guy the first time I went to the piano bar this is the guy I thought when I was upstairs and I heard him I thought he was a woman yeah right and it turns out it's this guy but he was way too loud way too loud yeah yeah. Couldn't even have a conversation. Right. Uh, so we ended up leaving there and going to Peggy Canane's. But the food was good. Yeah, yeah, the, the food burger. was good. I, I can't remember it. what I ate. It was good. And I think uh, Stefan had a steak. And I found out that my cousin is uh, submitting a PhD. Yeah. And I can't remember what it's in. I remember asking her questions about it. Um, oh, it was about creative people, right? Right. So she surveyed creative people. And she came up with, she drew some conclusions yeah. from that. Yeah. <clears throat> Statistics. Statistics, right. John. She's uh, using things like um, standard deviation. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, uh, that, was that the night that Stefan and I went to the Sox game and then we no, met you? No, because I said, Oh, that and they, right, right. He said, So what are you doing tomorrow night? And I said, Well, um, I think I had, uh, I had to work. And then. I had something going on, and then I was going to be free around 9 o'clock. Let's do something. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to the Sox game. Well, and, I invited you to go to the Sox yeah, game. And you Steph, said, no, I, I got can't. something else. Yeah, I had work or something. And, and Stefan's like, oh, no, no, let's go with John. No, forget the Sox. He's like doing the cut around the neck. No, no, cut, <laughs> cut, no. We're going with John. Forget the fucking Sox game. And you dragged his ass down there anyway. I dragged his ass yeah. to the Sox game. To the Sox game. And then you said, oh, yeah, okay, we'll take the train back. And I'm like, yeah, I'll pick you up. And I'm texting you and shit. And you're like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we can't, um, I can't leave. Um, yeah, we drove. Yeah, we drove. Can't leave. And then yeah. I got a phone call from my neighbor. You know. And I could leave, but you know. I couldn't leave. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into right. I think it's a great story, but we we won't get into it now. Right. Maybe when she's older and she can be a guest on the show. Like if we if we're still doing this ten years from now, right? Yeah, we can reminisce. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, yeah, I picked Stefan up from the airport. We hung out, and then I dropped him off at the airport. It's very cool. He's a very cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Which. Would you like a starter? A starter. A starter. <laughs> All right, John. Also, your daughter graduated. She graduated, and you had a party. Well, first she had she she went to prom. She went to prom. Yeah, some big, tall dude from the basketball team asked her. My daughter's like, was he at the gig? Uh, yeah, I saw him. He's yeah, like yeah. five feet tall. My daughter and this kid's like six three. <clears throat> He's on the basketball team. His name is Josh. Good kid, nice kid. Mom's real nice. She's Jamaican, I think, and he's got a cute sister. And uh nice family, you know. Um but the thing I didn't like is we had to drive our or our daughter had to drive her and her friend 
over to Lake Opeka to meet them to take pictures. They didn't come to our house to pick up the date. Which I didn't understand that at all. What the fuck happened to that? I was like, what the, what is that? You know? So I had to meet this kid there. Not him come to my house and, you know, uh, do the man thing. Where, you, you, you know, you're shitting in your pants, meeting the father and right. all that crap. No, it was there. But apparently he was very, very nervous meeting me, I heard. Um... Who wouldn't be John? Because my daughter says to him, now, don't be nervous meeting my dad. He's, he'll be, fu- you'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, she like prefaced the whole thing. He just got more and more terrified, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and at some point I shook his hand. And I pulled him to the side. I said, hey, listen, have a good time, but take care of my daughter and you bring her home at a respectable hour. And he's like, yes, sir. So, yeah, he was nice. a little nervous. But uh, they did have a good time. Uh, my daughter's not uh, into partying or anything. So um, my wife and I, that was the night we were at seeing the band Luna Blue together. Oh, it was prom night. Yeah, it was prom night. We came home, and my wife has this app, or whatever it is, find my iPhone, so she could see where the kids are on the freaking thing. To make sure, you know, they're where they're supposed to be. And that was the deal. We said, look, we'll buy you an iPhone. You want an iPhone? Yeah. Here's the deal. You can get an iPhone. We pay for everything, but you got to keep the location services on so we can see where you are. And, uh, okay, yeah, no problem. That thing is cool. You could see them driving down the street where they're at. Oh, she's over at Kelly's. They're swimming. This app, this uh, what you just talked about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have to have like a an uh, Apple product? Yes. To, um, yes, you have to have an iPhone too. Does it have to be an iPhone? Can it be an iPad? An iPad? Yes, you can have an okay. iPad. Very good. Very good. That is very useful yes. information, John. Yes. Very useful uh, because of what has happened uh, over the last eight <laughs> weeks that I can't talk about. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the deal from the get go. Yeah, I'm going to incorporate you want that something deal. really cool? Yeah. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Take it or leave it. You want door number one? Yeah. Otherwise, you get this wonderful flip phone without any buttons but numbers. And if you want to text, you got to figure out what all the letters are. Yeah, you got to hit number six four yeah. times to, for an A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, six. <laughs> Because it's the new alphabet. <laughs> right. Yes. It's the Greek alphabet. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was great. So it was prom, and then um, Saturday was getting ready and all that crap. And then uh, Sunday was uh, graduation at our alma mater, Scott, Maine West. Maine West, John, yes. Um I got to tell you, I was, this is like, this month has been the best, one of the best months of my life. Wow. I mean, it's been one of the most eventful and memorable and fan-fucking-tastic months of my life. Whoa. Um, And I was a part of it, John. Yes. Just a small part. That's correct. And I'm going to talk about a story later on, and I'm going to see if when you're 
thinking about this moment right now and the best part, I wonder if this other incident is going to be included in <laughs> your best month of your okay. life. Um, but uh, anyway, to, to make a long story short, uh, she graduated on Sunday. It was an outdoor event. It was a beautiful day. It was You couldn't ask for a better day. Um, it was so cool how they... I don't even remember my high school graduation. I remember eighth grade. I can't remember high school. And I know it was indoors. This was outdoors. It was a beautiful day. They got to come in, uh, pick the partner that they were going to walk in with, and they would walk in and make funny faces or... Uh, put sunglasses on or or do a backflip or whatever, and they'd have a photographer take pictures of them as they come in and they split off and go to their seats. I'm like, this is going to take all fucking day. I thought this was going to be, you know, it started at like 2. I thought we weren't going to be done until like 8 o'clock at night because there was a lot of kids um, uh, uh, coming in, yeah, graduating. And... Uh, so what was cool is is they announced the kids. There was some some great speeches by two students that were fucking fantastic, um, and moving. Then the principal spoke, and before the principal spoke, a guy came up and gave our school an award. Your school received one too. Your the high school by by your house, Maine South, all the Maine Township high Hillary schools. Clinton's. That's right, alma mater, John. Uh, they all got, um, I forget the award, but it's for the top nine schools in the country. Top 9% of, sorry, top 9% in the country. And our three schools, Maine West, Maine South, and Maine East, were part of that top, top 9%. Wow. And what it was was uh, how many kids enrolled and successfully completed advanced placement classes which are college reading and testing level uh so that's we got that big award and then the the principal came up the principal swam with my wife uh at her high school east Lyden. so they're friends what's his name her it's a her not a him what's her name um dr haugen haugen I wonder if she was at the swim meet I was at last November. I'll, well, we'll have to ask my wife. Yes. Um, but uh, anyway, she um, as they were calling the names up for to get their diplomas, she walked down to the students and hugged every single one of them as they came up. Some were taking selfies with her, and it was so well organized. It was just it was really kick ass. It was a, a sight to see. It was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I was welling up. Um, my daughter looked really cool because they had the girls had white gowns and caps, and the guys had black gowns and caps, which I thought was weird. Didn't we have blue and gold or something? Yeah. Or were they all blue? They're all blue. Yeah. 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 With a gold tassel, or no? Yeah. The the colors of the tassels yeah, were blue and gold. They had a significance though. Yeah. Uh, if you had a gold or, tassel, you were really cool, and if you had a blue one, you were just average. <laughs> right. Something like that. Well, they had these sashes, like these ropes that went across you. Oh, our, right. That too. Our next door neighbor, sashes. she had this a bunch of sashes because she got some uh, scholarships and, and honor roll and cum laude and all that crap. Um, 
But it, that was a great, great day. And then the next weekend was the daddy-daughter dance. So since April, the reason why we haven't been doing Monday podcasts is because I've been taking dance lessons. Not lessons, choreography, Scott. Yes, you know how to dance. I know you how were, to dance, You were being right. instructed uh, from a, a choreographical right. perspective. So uh, my daughter's been going to this Galena Dance Studio since she was three years old. She's been taking jazz and ballet and tumbling and... That's how she got her gymnastics chops and uh, some other dance, and so she been she's been doing this since she was three. And when they become seniors and graduate, it's tradition that the fathers do a number on stage in front of like five hundred people, two shows, uh, wearing a tux. So. All the ones that I've seen, um, all the years that my daughter's been involved, I've watched the daddy-daughter dance. The dad just stands there and maybe dips the daughter, and then she twirls around him, and then that's it. No, not this year. Even some of the girls who used to go there came and said, Oh, my God, my dad didn't have to do that. We danced all over the goddamn stage, Scott. There's a video out there somewhere on Facebook of me. And I look like a fucking refrigerator box with a head on it and a bow tie. I mean, this suit couldn't be any squarer on my giant body. Well, then right? how do we get a hold of that and share it with the TTN page <laughs> so that listeners have some, you know, uh, we'll see. some context we'll, we'll see. around this story that you're telling? Uh, I'll have to figure it out. My son took it. He wasn't supposed to because it's, uh, it's illegal. illegal. Yeah. So it's kind of like a Subruder film <laughs> slash... You ever see that Sasquatch film? Yeah, you know, where yeah. it's all shaky? That's what I look like up there. I'm Sasquatch. You don't have the big my... simian arms, though, like no, Sasquatch. No, I got, like, T-Rex arms. My beautiful daughter up there. But I, I was one of... The, I actually, I think I was the best dancer. I was told, anyway. And we had some... Well, you have the rhythm, right? Right, right. Uh, well, th- that comes... Uh, interesting you said that, Scott. Um... A woman who was observing the dress rehearsal said, uh, wow, your husband, he hears the music. And she says, yeah, yeah, I know. No, no. I mean, he really hears it. Look at him. He hears the music. And she says, well, he better. He's a drummer. Yeah. 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 So I had that going for me. And uh, so we did the two shows. It was great. Now, my parents and everybody, they're all bawling their eyes out when I'm up there. And I'm just, I'm not. I'm like just trying to keep my shit together and get the dance moves right. But when my daughter did her solo, I was a fucking blubbering mess. So hold on. So her solo, is that part of your routine? No, no, no. Where you just let her go when she does a solo? She does. They do a little solo, but, but when you're up there... It goes by so fast. It's like a blink of an eye. You can't even remember. So what you, you dance with her, and then later she had a solo. Yeah, she had a solo, her own solo. They they get to choreograph do do their own choreography. So they choreograph their own solo to whatever song they pick out. And my daughter did one with a lot of like uh, um, muscle control and and gymnastics, and uh, she did like a handstand pirouette. 
uh, with one leg bent and the other one straight up. It was really cool. So were you tearing up or were you like your whole body was spasming? I was I spasming mean, how, yeah. a little bit. I was like, <laughs> like I think I did one of those <laughs> and people were looking around like something <laughs> 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 my throat. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, you try to keep it in, right? You try to keep it in the <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. everybody's like are you okay <coughs> oh yeah fine. <clears throat> just fine cleared my throat, throat. sorry about that <clears throat> so um yeah that was really cool um and then uh the last weekend which was this past weekend was uh it's very busy for you john well then in between in between um the prom and the graduation and my daughter's dance, which was like almost a whole week event. In between there, I had to go to this high performance team team team, <laughs> team training in uh, in Long Island for work. For work, yeah. So they tell they tell you, you know, hey, dress casual, business casual. Hold on, says. Long Island on the East Coast, yeah, right, the not Coast. the West Coast, Lo- right, on the East Coast, New York. And uh, I get there, and they tell you before you get there to dress business casual. And then there's some conflicting information from the actual company that does the training. And they're all ex-Royal Marines from the UK and shit. Um, And they're like, wear comfortable shoes and comfortable clothes. So I email, and I said, hey, can I wear cargo shorts and, you know, gym shoes? No, absolutely not. Okay. Who said that? Who replied and Our said that? Head of HR, I think, so or somebody. So your company said yeah. absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I, um, when I'm packing, I pack three golf shirts, uh, a pair of jeans, or two pairs of jeans, uh, a pair of khakis, and then a pair of fucking cargo shorts. And I was like, what the fuck? I got enough room. I threw my Nikes in there, too, right? Right. So I get on the plane and fly over there. We get there early, have some food, um, relax, and we have dinner with the group. And it's all of our leadership. Uh, it's it's all the executive team. It's all the head managers of every department. And and, um, and I'm the only myself and this woman are the only two that are from my office. The rest are all from the New York office. And uh, there's 17 of us, and we have to do this thing where we have to draw, the, you know, those easels with the, the big pieces of paper when you're doing yeah. a presentation, mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm, drawing mm-hmm. shit up. Well, they tear off a bunch of pieces, and they tape them to the wall, and they tell you, okay, stand up to this thing. I want you to divide it into, like, a big peace sign, and one section is going to be work, outside of work, and your expectation that you're going to, you know, what you're going to get from this. But you can't use any words. You have to draw pictures and then present your... Oh, I hate yeah. shit like that. I just hate it. And then are you working in a group? No, no, no. This is individual? individual. Okay. There is group stuff later. Um, so and I'm, I'm pretty good with the, the pen and paper. I can draw, okay? So I draw a picture of a fat guy with a beard and his hair messy in front of a computer bashing on the keys and then uh some pallets and racking and then a truck with dollar signs and and then for outside of work i did a a, my a picture of my daughter in a cap and gown and 
and then a picture of me on the drums, and then a picture of me with a microphone. And then for expectations, I put like a finish line, and I put F-I-N. I didn't write the word finish all the way out because I wasn't going to f- finish the class. I was taking a flight ah, home early. Yeah, you know? foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, you know, kind of want to get the group to get, you know, our individual ideas into a group effort. And um, so they come to me and I, I do the my work. I do this. I do that. And then they get to uh, the part out of work. And I said, well, my daughter graduated uh, this year. My son, he plays football, wrestling, baseball. I didn't put that up there. I didn't have time, but he's in high school. My daughter's graduate. She just graduated. Um, this picture, I'm a drummer. I've been playing drums for 30 years. Oh, and everybody was like, didn't know that. And then somebody yells out, what, what the hell is that? Is it a, a, a hot dog or something like that? I go, no, it's a microphone. Oh, you sing too. I go, no, I do an internet radio show, a podcast. Everybody, What? What's it called? And I'm thinking, oh, oh why dude. did I say it's that? Called, <laughs> it's, it's called, called Punky. <laughs> yeah, it's called Punky or Oh Dude or whatever that one is. <laughs> or right. um, It's called, um, what was the, there's a philosophical one. <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> philosophical one. <laughs> philosophical. That's a good word, man. Philosophical. <laughs> um, what's yeah. it called? Uh, that would be a great one to say. Yeah, I'm. I do that one. Yeah, flotsam and jetsam or something. <laughs> no, so you didn't tell them, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, I did, but I don't think anybody remembered. Yeah, they're not going to write it down. No. Um, so then you know we get to the, like the third one, the third person, and there's a pounding at the door, and it startles the shit out of everyone. The door flies open, and it's a guy in a fucking fireman. Cost like it's full fireman outfit. He's got an axe, the the hat, the, the helmet, the the everything. Right, the boots. What <laughs> the, the boots? What do the salesmen go? All right, the strippers here. Oh my <laughs> god! I'm like thinking our president's here. What is what? This is out of control. And uh, what happened is is he starts talking about there's a fire. And um, the smoke is moving this direction from the south. And all of us are kind of like, what the fuck is he talking? And he's got this bag in his hand. And he's like, we need your help. Uh, like, I think he's going to evacuate us. Uh, but then he like they, they pop something on the overhead, the screen. And it's a picture of a fucking forest. <laughs> Some other... Like in California or something. I'm like, oh, I see. Okay, this is part of the whole thing. And then there's a plane, and and the plane was crashing, and two people jumped out of the plane, and they and witnesses saw them parachute, and we think they're hurt, and you need to go out and find them. So they throw he throws his bag of stuff down. He says, Matt, to this guy, Matt, you're in charge. I'll be back in 15 min- minutes to see what your plan is, and he leaves. And now we got to work out a plan. We open the bag. There's walkie-talkies, flashlights, all kinds of supplies. And we got to walk this whole uh, area. It's all wooded. It's it's a mansion. This hotel is, a, is an old mansion. And it's a square mile that we got to cover with 17 people to find two people in fucking pitch black. 
It's it's darker than shit out. And so we go out there. Okay, fine. We come up with this plan, what we're going to do. And then he comes back and he goes, oh, by the way, in the Northeast, we lost one of our rescuers. So there's three people now. Oh, and also there's a meth lab over there. So you're going to look for a beacon, find that, and then you got to put the hazmat suit on to go in there to find this person if they're in there. Okay, great. So we've got to develop this plan. Oh, also, there's a stretcher at the hotel. If you find a body, you got to put it on the stretcher and bring him back to the helipad. What the fuck is going on? So great, we're going to go out there. We pair off in groups of two. We each get a walkie-talkie. We got flashlights. And I walk outside, Scott, and the fucking grass is soaking wet. And it's like 125% humidity. Now, it's cool. It's like 70, but it's it's so goddamn muggy, and the grass is so wet. And they just cut it, too, so there's grass clippings everywhere. You know, sticking to everything. Sticking to my shoes and my pants. And right then you're thinking, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Just <laughs> just get to the point already. So it, it was actually pretty fun, but I'm sweating like a fucking pig, <laughs> man. Because we're wandering around and we're trying to figure out, trying to get a grid going. We ended up finding somebody by the tennis court. Somebody. Somebody. This chick is screaming. <laughs> Ah! You know, and the one thing nobody thought of doing, somebody thought of doing it and they yelled at them for it, which was calling out because they gave us their names and nobody thought except for one guy who was calling. It's like, hey, don't, don't, you're going to, you're embarrassing yourself. Don't be yelling their names. (laughs) Like when you're looking for a dog, right? You're like, hey, Max, Max, waiting for him to bark. Right? Right. Or call back. So, yeah, we just stumbled. Our group, two people stumbled on this person. So me and this other (laughs) team member went over there, and uh, she's got a broken leg, and I grab her ankle. She's like, ah! Ah! Like like flipping out, and she's got me all fucking nervous, you know? So then I call. I'm like, get on the radio. We got to call for the... the, uh, stretcher so that they're like well where are we i'm like we're in the north or southwest corner oh by the tennis courts oh okay so they call that coordinates guy comes ro- running over with stretcher now we got to carry this chick like a half a mile on the stretcher and she's flopping around and shit and uh at some point she says i need a blunt <laughs> a blunt yeah a joint. It's very specific. You know what a blunt is, a right? A blunt is a cigar that's yeah. been hollowed out and stuffed yeah. with marijuana. Some weed, yeah. Yeah. Why not just say joint? Why does it have to be blunt specific? She was black. Why? <laughs> Duh. Duh. All right, John. Hip-hop Give me that information. culture. The hip-hop culture. Right. So we carry her to the helipad, and then the next... We find another person, and... Uh, Eventually, we go back inside for our debrief, and then they're like, okay, you, you can leave now. So we go to this bar. Now, this hotel doesn't have elevators, and if they do, they didn't tell me where they were, except for where our rooms were. 
Uh, but in the main part of the hotel, it's all these fucking stairs, and the bar is like up in the attic, and I'm like, fuck. I'm like fucking four flights of stairs after doing all that hoofing around and carrying this body, and I'm sweating, and I get up there, and my pants are wet all the way up to my knees, and they're all like, yeah, let's have a beer, let's... Fuck this shit. I had one beer, went back to the room, and I turned my air conditioning to 63. Nice. And, yeah, that was it. But then after that, uh, the rest of the uh, couple of days was all these uh, these tasks. We had to do these tasks. And every team I was on, we won. We won our task. Of course. Because you were on the team. That's right. That's right. I was... You know, and then eventually we had this one team exercise where we're all like in a boat and our boat explodes and it starts sinking and all we have is a life raft and then we got these 15 items and we got to rate them by importance. And then they go around the room and they ask us what our ranking is and then they average it and they come out with anything between, you know, um, uh, uh, anything of 43 and below is what the average is compared to all this, these seminars that they've done, all these training sessions. Completely so you, fucking lost me. Well, you got to... trying to keep okay. up here. So you got like a gas can, you got some rope, you got some water, you got some food, you got some fishing line. There's and it's 50, important to me, I rate it because Why? Based on survival, what survival? What, what is the most important item, starting with number one to fifteen? You got to rank them right. in importance, and then they give you the answers. What what like uh, everybody else said? Well, an actual maritime, like the Coast Guard, would have rated those things based on their training. So then you compare your answers, and then it comes up with a some sort of total. And an average, and if it's forty three, the the average is forty three or below, um, you're in good shape. If you're above, I was like a fifty four. You're dead. You're gonna drop. You're gonna die. So you picked all the wrong. Yeah, things. I picked all the wrong shit. A lot of the people did, but then they do a group one where you got to debate why and you know what they're because you gotta what the significance is. And before we we did the comparison, we did the group part. When we got done with the entire group, uh, we got an eight. And they said that was the best score they've ever seen in all the sessions that they've ever done. So as a, as a group, <laughs> we're going to survive, Scott. I'm sorry. Little... I'm sorry to be critical, but <laughs> isn't that like when a rock band goes to Chicago and they say, we love Chicago. It's the best city ever. So no, like man. when you get an eight, they say, Oh, dude, that is the best score we've no, ever seen. No. So the next group that comes in. No, they're that very gives it, critical. That gives a nine. Oh, that is the best no. score we've ever seen. No, they're very critical. Isn't it guys. the same kind of thing? No. Because they're there I to disagree. make you feel good, right? No, they're not. <laughs> they break you down, man. They, like, I have my they arms. They break you down, and then they make you my, feel good. I, my, I folded my arms because we were outside, and my nipples were hard. And I'm like, I'm wearing this black golf shirt, and my so wait a minute, hold on. Well, I got a, I got a digress here. Yeah, <laughs> dig, digress. <laughs> I got a digress here. 
You noticed your nipples yeah. were hard? How do you notice yeah, well, that? I was cold. I was cold. I could feel them tightening up. And <laughs> I was cold. So I, <laughs> Wait, did you use your fingers to confirm that they <laughs> no, were tightening no, up? I could tell, though. You I could, could just tell that. Yeah, my, they're like... Even if I... I yeah. have never experienced that, but even if I thought that my nipples were getting hard, I would have to feel them with my fingers to confirm. <laughs> but you well, didn't no, do that? I was cold. No. Yeah, I went, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So then I put my, oh. I like crossed my arms and the instructor took issue with that. Yeah. And I'm like, what's your problem, man? He's like, my nipples are hard. Did you <laughs> yeah, tell him? Were you honest? I, I did. <laughs> I didn't say my nipples were hard. I said uh, I was cold. He's like, he's like, you're doing that because you're guarding yourself. You're, yeah, you need to open yourself. Open up it up. And I'm like, look, I'm cold. Okay. And he goes, no, no, you're not cold. It's not cold out here. I'm like, okay, just because you could eat goat shit and. You know, I ran in the foothills. Survive, survive. Yeah. I don't. Okay, I, don't. I get cold. I, I get the chills. I dude. get the chills, and my nipples get hard, and I don't want anybody to see them. I'm like, uh, what's his face from uh, Friends? Jennifer Aniston. No, not. Oh, her nipples were always hard on that yeah, and, but, show. Yeah, and she doesn't always. care. She's no. like, I want everybody to no, see. No, there em. was one with uh, Chandler. Chandler he the, got he had the nipple shirt where you could see his nipples through the <laughs> fucking light colored shirt. The Speaking whole of nipples, John. Yeah. Uh Journey to the Center of the Earth with Rock. Journey the Rock. Journey, yeah. And he had the shirt on. And the nipples were pointing down. Yeah, they're like, pointing through down. the rocks. What what's going what's on? What's going on I there? I don't know. What is happening? I need to know. <laughs> Rock, why is that happening? Were they always why, pointing why down? Why are your nipples upside down? <laughs> so yeah, so that's what I had in between that. And then uh, this past weekend, I had a gig Friday. Before the gig, I had to set up all this shit in the backyard for this big blowout. On Saturday. That we had on Saturday. So I had to set for up your all your daughter's this graduation. Yeah, set up all this stuff, uh, like two 10 by 10 tents, a 10 by 20 tent, a bar. Uh, I had to get the garage ready for the photo booth. Um uh, a moon bounce, one of those big uh, SpongeBob moon bounces, and um, and then played a gig uh, on Friday night. Got home, went to bed at three thirty in the morning. Got up at nine, finished setting up all the tables and chairs. Got the food, the beer, the booze. Uh, the bartender showed up, took a shower. Um, then we had like 90 people over and then the fucking skies opened up and I'm standing underneath this goddamn 20 by 10 canopy and dude, I am seeing rain ricochet off of my house, ricochet, ricochet off of my house. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this, the fucking tents are going to, you know, they're going to blow and um and I just I just a couple weeks before I just sealed my pavers. <laughs> my brother in law goes running for the house. Whoop! Oh, Bam! No. On the ground, bloody elbow. Oh. Yeah. He bites it hard. And here's the thing: it's not a party in my house until somebody's bleeding. Every party, somebody is bleeding. Somebody say bleed. That's right, John. Yeah. I was in the moon bounce once, and you were videotaping me, and Zach punched me in the face. 
bleed. And I was bleeding out of my bleeding. nose. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, I had to tear all the shit down Sunday morning. Got to bed at 1.30. Woke up at 9 again. Tore all the shit down. And then had a gig with a kangaroo court and yourself. That's right. And the, the one thing that we didn't do is have a show to like say, hey, right. we're going to be at Maine West at a carnival playing reunion gig kangaroo court. We never had that opportunity. Right. So what? from what I understand, here's what happened. Uh, Modern Elixir, the band you're in right now, was playing Friday night, and you were offered this gig on Sunday. Right. And your lead singer said, oh, no, I have the kids that weekend. And Phil, the bass player, said, oh, I don't want to do two gigs in one weekend. <laughs> so... You well, he doesn't like doing the gigs so close in the same town because people just came and saw us for one, and and plus he's tired. <laughs> well, it's a completely different crowd. It's like a goddamn carnival. Yeah. So they don't pay attention. You uh, called up Rick and you said, "Hey, uh, there's this gig Sunday. It's this date. Would you be interested?" And he said, "Yes." And then you called me, and I said, sure, I'll do it. And so we had like two weeks. Was it two weeks, yeah. three weeks? Yeah. Three, um, three rehearsals. Three rehearsals to get 44 songs together. That we haven't played in five years. But we, the final list was like 40 songs. Yeah. Um, and we did have a list, which was good. <laughs> and... Uh, but here's the other interesting thing, and I'm wondering if this is part of your greatest month of your life, because it was very touching to me, John. Yeah. Is that, um, so Rick is going through some hard times yes. with uh, his wife and his kids. Yes. And uh, you and I had to go to his house to pick up my old equipment. Yes. That's sitting in his garage. Yes. And he hasn't been there for a while. And he yeah. hasn't seen his kids for a while. Right. And so we go pick it up, and you text him, and you say, hey, you know, we picked up the stuff. And we say, hey, we saw Ben. He's big and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And something happened with Rick. Something happened with Rick. And so we play this gig. Uh, his wife and his kids come out to the gig. And afterwards, we end up at your house on the back porch. Yeah. Having a whiskey. Yeah. And Rick... Uh, it was very touching to me. Rick thanked you for getting this together, yeah. setting this up, having these practices. I had a great time. And for reconnecting with his kids. Yeah. Is very I'm I'm about to break yeah. down here, John. And it was very um touching. Now it's when, poignant. Yes. So when you when earlier when you said this greatest month of my life is that one of the things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. The whole thing. I ha I have video. I'm like I'm like oh the one thing I forgot to do was bring my you know my little camera uh the what the fuck you call that thing the flip um because it was so I was running around trying to find that stupid fucking hat. <laughs> Yeah, because we all decided to wear pork pies. Pork pies, yeah. So I go and I think, oh, I saw one at Kohl's. And I did, and I didn't buy it, and they didn't have it. Okay, so I go, Rick had mentioned Target. I go to Target, they don't have it. 
And you guys are already here. So I didn't have time to grab the flip, which I thought was in my bag, and it wasn't in my bag. But I did have a hat. It was a fedora. So I brought that. And uh, at some point, we're unloading the car, my car, and my son hands me the hat. And I'm like, I don't need it yet. We're still setting up. Because he rode with, and I must have put it on my driver's seat. And at some point, uh, or I put it in the car. I don't know where it was. I threw it in the car. And uh, at some point, I was asked to move my car because we're in kind of like the handicap area. And I get in the car, and I'm looking everywhere for my fucking fedora, and I'm thinking, my son grabbed it, and he's walking around the carnival wearing my hat. So now I have no hat. So I figured, okay, that's fine. You two knuckleheads, you got I wife, had an extra hat. You got wife beaters on. <laughs> yeah, we got the wife beaters. You got hats on and sunglasses. We're like ZZ Top. <laughs> I'm the guy that looks different. I got a black T-shirt. I'm just the drummer. You guys are the, the show. I had extra wife All beaters, right. John. I, yeah, that would look like a sports <laughs> bra on me. Um, so later on, after we got done, I went to the car <laughs> to uh, open it up, and I look, and I had sat on my hat when I moved the car. That's why I couldn't find it. It was fucking a pancake. Well, here's what I don't understand. Completely flat. If I got in my car and I sat on a hat, my ass has nerve endings <laughs> to say, hey, you're sitting on something that shouldn't be here. It's like Mr. Bunghole's uh, whatever. <laughs> His ass uh, evolved eyes and, yeah. and whatever. Your ass could not even tell you were sitting on something. Well, I mean, it was cloth. It wasn't like a rigid... That's a pretty stiff hat, dude. <laughs> no. Yes. It was... I was... Uh, my mind was on the gig. I wasn't thinking about anything in my ass. <laughs> I mean, I guess something... A cactus could have been shoved up my ass, and I wouldn't even have been thinking about it. Yeah. So let's digress a little bit. So when John and I started this podcast... Originally, the idea was, because we were in a band at the time, a kangaroo court, I was like the third bass player you guys yeah, had, Yeah. and the original idea is we were just going to record our practices and post them, because podcasting was new, and Rick said, no, I'm not interested in that, and right. then that's when John and I just started doing what we, this, what we, we do, do. Uh, but we were a band for uh, maybe six years, yeah. and then we ended it, but you guys carried on. And then you ended it a year later, and then you got involved with this other band, and then this gig opportunity came up, and we got back together. Right. A reunion. Yes. Yeah. So where was I going with this, John? I don't know. Um, yeah. That's how we started. Yeah, that's podcast. how the podcast yeah. started. So that the band is very... And I, I remember you. I used to say, if you're, if you're a new listener, John and I are in a band... We're a band. We, we are used, a we, band. We used to play songs um, from practice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I do have the last practice. Practice? You do have the last practice? <laughs> I do. I do. I have it. On, I recorded it. So let's talk about that. So we we decide to get back together. So I show up and we, uh, through the interwebs, we say, okay, here's the list of songs we yeah. want to work on. So I start working on those, and I show up, and I have maybe 20 of those 44 songs I'm ready to play. And uh, I I got here at 8 o'clock, and apparently band practice is at 7.30. <laughs> 7.30. <laughs> 
So Rick's already here. Yeah. And the very first practice was like the worst practice yeah. ever in the history of rock well, and roll. Well, that was before I went out of town. And then we did Monday of last week. Right. And Monday was better. And then Tuesday was, I finally got confidence. Well, Monday was still like, when we got done, I said to my wife, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is going to work out. I said, I said the same out. thing. I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> The the first practice we had was was, it was horrible. It was horrible. just horrible. But you know, uh, Rick started to come around, and yeah. Rick really is the focal point of the band. He's the yeah. lead guitar, guitar, and the vocal, the singer. And there was just nothing going on yeah. in the first practice <laughs> with Rick, right? <laughs> And then the second practice we muddled through, I gotta and I'm like, what the fuck? This is going to be a fucking uh, train wreck. <laughs> I got to find Manic Monday, the one where we tried to start it about 30 times. Didn't we do that at the gig? Yeah, we did it a little bit, yeah. Uh, and then the <laughs> third practice, I, it like, just like you, John, and we never talked about this, but just like you, I was like, oh, shit. Shit, this is going to be a fucking train wreck. <laughs> and then after the third practice, I finally had some confidence. It was like, fuck, man. Now we're, we're oh, I see. This is where your feet go on the pedals and <laughs> you go around. Oh, and you steer and the brakes this way. Yeah. Well, here's, like what's, here's the other thing that I thought is you, you have a lot of confidence as a drummer. You're a very, very good drummer. Oh, thank you, Scott. And the, the thing is you... Th- yeah, I, I just listen to the song and I'll pick it up. And yeah. I believe that, yeah. right? <laughs> and that's not the case. <laughs> not anymore. Not apparently. anymore. And the other thing that surprised me is, you know, you've been playing with this other band for a long time. Yeah. But when you play with us, you get blisters. Yeah. You don't get blisters oh with that other God. band. Oh, my God. I was bleeding, man. I had to wear tape. No, I don't. I broke a stick down here, too. I had pain in my ankles after those two nights. I was uh, Wednesday. I was like, "Oh my god, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. How am I going to play practice with my other band Thursday night?" And then you know, I was like boasting about. Uh, I'm texting Julie, and I said, "Listen, I'm boasting about like yeah, thirty songs done, bam, in one practice. Like we practice uh, with." modern elixir and and we you've been like, going for two years and you got like a like, set list of 40 yeah, songs yeah we, we we go through like eight you know in a practice so uh something must have happened because julie was like a fucking slave driver thursday night before our gig on friday she's like okay yep okay next song bam 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 and i mean we knocked out like 15 songs maybe more maybe 20 in an hour and then Scott had to leave, which was fine because those were songs we, we needed to cover. And then we had to play the gig Friday. And, I mean, it's like I went to work for half a day, then shot home, then set up uh, some of the party, and then got ready for the gig and, and played the gig. And I was, by the time I got to the gig, I was fucking exhausted, man. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was really, really loose. Um, but I played the first two sets pretty tight, and then the third set, I was kind of like the wheels were coming off. And I thought to myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to fucking do Sunday. I had to push myself to do 
the Sunday gig. But once we got up on stage uh, and and I got the cobwebs out on the first song or second song maybe, then I was on fire. I mean, I could have played the rest of the night. Yes, yes. Till one in the morning. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was good. The, the one uh, I just have one complaint, and you know I tried to get this message to Rick since the very fr- we only had three practices. But if it's not on the list, I don't fucking know it. So don't. You tried to sneak one. Yeah, you tried to sneak one in that wasn't on the list, and I'm like, and I looked at you, and I'm like, what the fuck is he playing? REO, and we did play it at one of the practices, but it never made the list. It's on here. So to me, it's non-existent. No, it's not on our list. It's not on our final list, dude. It's not! It's on our practice tape, yeah. Because Rick had to shout out the chords to me. Because I couldn't remember. So th- this was the last band practice before the gig. So we had three. Three this of was them number show. three. Yeah. Well, the letter that you wrote me made me stop and wonder why. But I felt like you had to set things right. Just remember this, my girl, when you look up to the stars. You can see the sky, still not see Mars talking about Mars. Mars. Yeah, so there's that one. <laughs> we didn't play this one. No, we didn't. Why not? Because Rick couldn't find the lyrics? <laughs> no, he couldn't find the lyrics <laughs> that I printed for him. Yeah. Oh, is this one? Let's see if I can find it. Uh oh, uh oh. Computer's freaking out. Alright, let's see if we go right into it. Thanks, everybody. And we went right into wow, it. Wow, yeah. That was better than the gig. Yeah. It took like four tries to get into it. <laughs> so that's that's band practice. And then I got um, something from the show, from the gig. Here's an excerpt. From the gig. One thing about practice, though, that's <laughs> <laughs> one thing about practice that's yeah. super cool 
is we all wear headphones. Yeah, we wear, wear headphones. Or wear, you got the electronic drums. We wear headphones, and I got total control. I can turn Rick's right. guitar up or my bass up or down right. and your drums up. It's so fucking cool. That's why you were nominated Producer of the Year, John. That's right, my equipment. That's right. This is Joey from the gig on a cell phone, right? Recorded. Off of, uh, yeah, something like that. I love your monkey face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, is that hilarious? Good drummer. Right on, John. And backup singer. Bonk. Um, and I did the sound too from behind the drums. Behind, from behind. <laughs> but yeah, that was a tune from the show, uh, from the gig. What? Why are you laughing? At I'm me? still laughing at from behind. Oh, kumbaya. Because the Stever showed up. Yeah. This is his favorite song, John. Oh, he texted me. Yeah. Let me read you what he said. Um, hey, I was waiting for a break to chat, but I had to go. Thanks for the kumbaya song. <laughs> There's people talking while we're playing. So rude.
Yeah. So, um... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it? It was. It was, it was, uh, I was a little bit nervous, uh, but, um, not nervous, but I guess, um, excited. Elated. I was excited, but my confidence, you know, like you mentioned, the third practice, I finally had confidence yeah. that we might oh, after be able the to third, pull this I, off. I thought, no problem. There's just no problem whatsoever. We got it. I was still uh, not sure. And then the the mix that you had on stage with the monitors yeah. was fucking great. And, you know, you get into it. And that helps. Yeah, it does. It? it helps a lot. Oh, I wanted to mention, um, oh shit, it might be tonight. God damn it. My cousin Andy, his last night at the Wabash Tap. Oh, really? I think it might be tonight. How do I check notifications? Where the fuck are notifications? God damn it. We might have missed it. I wanted to tell you, hey, we should go down there. I think it might be Thursday, but it might be tonight. Kumbaya, Scott. Kumbaya. Yeah, it's... uh, Oh, no, it's Tuesday, July 1st. So it's next Tuesday. So if you're interested, we can go down there. It's his last night. He's been there for, I don't know. Next Thursday? Next Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, Maybe, yeah. This is when the punks started to... To slam dance. The head banging and yeah, slam dancing. Yeah, we mosh pit of two. Listen to your bass, man. Damn. Right on, John. That's fucking awesome. Johnny come lately on that one. The first one on on you had bat, to wave me you, off. No, no. And then this one, you look at me. That yeah. Now Rick's got a great sound too, doesn't he? Both your sounds are fucking killer. Yeah! Now we're 
cooking. Dozens of fans. Dozens of, dozens of fans. That's right. We have dozens of dozens of fans. That's like uh, from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> oh, my God, man. That was fun. So... Uh, that's it, man. That the month is over. I mean, uh, still a couple of more days I here. Got John, nothing going on. This you got, <laughs> got nothing going on. <laughs> it's best, end best of the month, fucking right? month so far. The best month of my life. One of the best months of my life. Wow, just a jam-packed, event-filled month. But you had a. Tr- Here's the thing. Here's the thing nobody knows yet is that you ran you did a triathlon just before you played this gig that day. Well, it was that day. It wasn't just before. Well, I mean it was that day. I mean it's not like I mean that is fucking amazing to me. Well, here's what and happened. You got a nice tan out of it too. Yeah, I did get a nice tan. <laughs> uh so uh, I go up to Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. Oh, and remember, I made some uh, my party. I made some pretty kick-ass mai tais, didn't I? Yeah, they were kick-ass. Five dude. gallons kick-ass. of mai tais. They were gone, gone. And you had like these cherries that you marinated for how many years? Like two years <laughs> in uh, rum. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing that happened is, um, I think I need to make a public apology to Jason. John, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> a guy you work with was there. I forgot to tell him about that today because my my power supply on my PC went out, my computer, and uh, he spent an hour in I my office. Computer. My computer. Yeah, so I need this, a computer. This guy you work with, right? Yeah. So I, I show up. I'm talking to Rick. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do, and um, I see him, and I recognize him. And so I go to get a drink, and then I come back, and I'm like, hey, Peter, right? (laughs) And he's like, no, Jason. And so I'm still shaking his hand. I won't let go of his hand. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, dude, this is so awkward. Peter was your boss, right? Peter. Peter. Pete. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And so... I'm trying and to he tell him. Sucked, dude. Yeah, and he was aw- fucking awful. John would tell. He would complain all the time about Pete. So, so, so you call him Pete, and I call him Pete. <laughs> oh, you're but, making it worse, right? But I know you're Jason. <laughs> I know it now because he's told me. But this is really awkward. But John had really fucking great things to say about you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. 
but I'm Pete, right? <laughs> and then the whole rest of yeah. the night, he was looking at me like, you fucking, fucking asshole. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I can't wait to call him tomorrow. I'm going to say, hey, Pete, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, I felt... Uh, I, I should have asked somebody, because I was unsure... <laughs> But I was confident. Hey, this is Pete, right? I'm just going to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> never do that. I'll never just, do that dude, again. Dude, hey, how's it going? And say your name first. Remember me? I'm Scott. Yeah. And then they usually tell you their name. Right. And then you don't have to Yes, ask. but I kept shaking his hand because I wanted to make it as awkward for him as it was for me. <laughs> oh, that's great. So nice. You're, you're always talking about being considerate. I wanted somebody to share yes. in my awkwardness. <laughs> Please don't let go of my hand. Please. Here, let me pull you closer. <laughs> Turn around. Let me check your ass. Yeah. Yeah, so I felt bad about So that. how was your run? How was the... Oh, so then, so yeah. we get there, and I'm supposed to start at... Uh, the, the race is supposed to start at 7. I'm in wave 13. So they release waves every two minutes. But there's fog, and I'm st- uh, standing around till nine fucking o'clock. Nine o'clock. Like, God damn it, let's get the show on the road right. here. So then they finally let the swimmers go because the fog lifts a little bit. But then the fog comes back, and they shut it down again. And I'm like, shit. Ugh. Just cancel the swim. Let's get on. Let's make this a duathlon. I just bike and, ri- uh, bike and run. No, 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 we're going to get the swim in. So uh, what happens at these triathlons, there's an Olympic distance and there's a sprint distance. So what they decided for the swim was we'll just make the Olympic distance swim. <laughs> dude, wait a minute, dude. I just opened Facebook. Is that my fucking house? Those All those bottles of whiskey? Yeah, yeah. That's my house? I lined them up, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what they decided... Because they need to see, the lifeguards need to see the swimmers in case somebody's in trouble. So what they decided is we'll shorten the course and we'll make the international people swim two laps around the sprint. But what that does is it congests the swim. So you have sprint swimmers, you have Olympic swimmers swimming two laps. It, it There's just a ton of swimmers. Yeah. And it it gets dicey for people who aren't comfortable in the water. And that's what happened to some people. But it was good. I got out of the swim. I got on the bike. I had the best bike time I've ever fucking had, John. Wow. I'm going, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I did this when I was in my early 20s. At 50, I had the best bike time I've ever fucking had, John. <laughs> and then I got off the bike, and then I had to take a leak. So I went to the, they have two uh, porta potties. Yeah. And a woman was in one of them. And I'm walking to this one that's open. It's wide open. And this other woman comes around with her bike. She slams her bike to the ground. Cuts me off, John. Oh. And I, you know, she's a lady. I would have said, after you. But no acknowledgement, nothing. Like, practically pushed me out of the way. What a bish. To get in the outhouse. To take whatever she had to do. And I was just a little bit uh, aggravated by that. So then I got out of there, and I start my run. A mile into my run, I get a stitch. You know what a stitch is, John? No. It's like somebody's jamming a knife in your abdomen. (laughs) 
I think it's caused oh, by yeah. gas or something. I don't know what it's caused by. So I get through the stitch, and I, I keep running. I'm running, and the sun breaks through. It broke through the fog on my ride. Yeah. What is that? It's a song. Okay. <laughs> it's called Harvey Wallbanger. And the run is entirely in the sun. So it's fog, and then it's the sun, and yeah. it's humidity, and I'm trying to run, and I got like, uh, must be an over 50 thing. I got my lungs constricted. I couldn't take a full breath. I'm oh. overheating, and I just completely fell apart on the run. I was in line, John. I was in line to do a time that I haven't done in 20 fucking years, wow. but I fell apart on the run. And uh, But other than that, it was good. And the, the, the other thing is I backed off a little bit because I knew I had a gig that night. Yeah. And what I was afraid of is my fingers cramping up. Because uh-huh. <laughs> that's sometimes what yeah, happens. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I felt like, said to myself, yeah, I'm going to push through this, I said, no, I got a gig. I'm just going to take oh, it easy. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It's the sacrifice that I make. Um, but it was great. I can't wait to do it next year. I'm I, I'm looking for another one to sign up for uh, because I want to keep... If I don't have something I'm signed up for, I'll just stop doing everything. Well, I thought you were having a hard time running because you ate too much fruit or some shit like that. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. So then... <laughs> I, thanks for reminding me, John. I also had this gastrointestinal thing going on, and the only thing I can attribute it to is... Uh, the. The day before, my aunt and uncle came over to celebrate my birthday, and my son made crepes. Crepes. And then we threw a bunch of blueberries and uh, raspberries and something else on top of it. I've never had so much fruit in one sitting. And then I had my ties later that night, and the shit that I had the next day... Was a color I've never seen before. So I was fighting. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't a problem until like uh, one mile into the run. Then I had to run the last five miles with my ass clenched. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the other issue I was oh, having on the run. So everything went really well. The swim and the the swim didn't really go well because of the congestion. But the ride was the best ride I've ever had, and then everything kind of fell apart on the run. Yeah, yeah. But I it would I had no embarrassing moments, you know. Like no, sometimes you, you see you pictures shard. of I didn't shard or anything like that. Um, yeah. So then uh, we ended up in you didn't Glenview. Wipe your ass, and there was a marker. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up in Glenview. Uh, if it if there were, it was a dark forest green oh, marker. Oh my god! Then we ended up in Glenview. Oh, that's just so <laughs> gross, man! Isn't it? Yeah, that's. Uh, oh, we had some lunch, and they my family went and got ice cream, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna have ice cream. I can't, I can't have ice cream. <laughs> and I got home, and I got to sleep for an hour oh, and a half, yeah. John, an hour and a half. So that was really cool. So then I, I got up and I ran through all the songs on the list. Yeah. Then I showed up and I said, Rick, here's the songs that I don't fucking know. Cross them <laughs> off the list. <laughs> but we still had like 38 or 40 songs yeah. that we could play. And then Rick pulls out a song that wasn't on the list. 
<laughs> at the gig. And I'm like, what? No, stop. Stop playing. It's he not going to happen. Playing it. <laughs> oh, man. There's a video of me where I fuck up blowing in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, but nobody knows. <laughs> no. Nobody knows. And I, we I reeled it back in. We're professionals, man. That's right. And if anybody's going to fuck up, it's going to be you. Yeah. Not, not. I didn't mean what? it that way. Hold on. What? If anybody's going to, let me rephrase. If anybody's going to fuck up and nobody's going to notice, it's going to be you. Because uh, you keep, you eventually you keep the rhythm, right? I bring it right back on the one. You bring it right back. Right back into the one. So nobody notices that you totally fucked up the break. <laughs> I did. Didn't I totally <laughs> fuck it up? And then I go, I'm new. <laughs> That's great, dude. You totally <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> you know, you weren't perfect yourself. I wasn't. No. And when I make a mistake, everybody knows. They're like, what the fuck did the bass player do? Holy shit. <laughs> you totally. And then I started some song and it started over again. Yeah, but it was good. Well, I... I set everybody's expectations before yeah. when I said, yeah, thanks go, for joining us for our third practice. I didn't think there would be this big of a turnout to our third <laughs> practice. <laughs> but thanks for coming. Oh, they loved it. I think they thought all everything was part of the shtick. The shtick. The fuck-ups, the banter on stage, you two trying to figure out a song. <laughs> That's also on Facebook, John. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, let me find it. I'll find it. Well, what I can't understand is earlier, before we even left your house, I asked Rick. I said, hey, goodbye to you uh, is in A, but we do it in G, right? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I can't fucking sing like Patti Smith from Scandal. <laughs> so we do it in G. So I'm like, okay, I got it. So then at the gig, he's like, what is it? And I'm telling him. I'm saying, it's G. C E D G C E D, and I had to tell him like twenty yeah. fucking times, no, and he kept looking at me like, "No, no, it, dude, we just talked about this." Yeah. We're learning songs right here, folks. This is how you do it. There's a discussion. Okay, you play that chord, that one, and then we're good. <laughs> You're teaching him the song. I'm telling him right. and I'm showing him. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and he's right, like, we're not going to do that one right now. All right. <laughs> they, play, they play it today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how a band does band practice. For you kids out there, <laughs> the guitar player and the bass player work the song out. Slowly before they come to blows. I can't understand you <laughs> <laughs> anymore. <laughs> this is a phone. But how about that, huh? Little, yeah. Little, you, you school them right there on the stage. Well, then the other thing I remember is, okay, let's do um, All My Lovin'. Okay, hold on. I got to find the lyrics. 
and he's, for like 20 minutes. Yeah, it's like, he's okay, like, dude, let's move on. No, no, I got no, him. No, no, Hold on. Hold on. Just give me another 20 minutes. I'll find <laughs> No, let's fucking move on. Because <laughs> even when you find the lyrics, you can't see them. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> he can when he's standing up and they're on the floor. That's, that's how good his eyesight is. He's he's gonna be fifty five this yeah. month. He's double nickels. Double nickels. Double John. nickels. Double nickels. Double. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. So how about that? I didn't know that before we started the show. June two thousand fourteen, best month of your yeah. fucking life. That's yeah. pretty cool. One of the best. One of the best. There's another one we did. Yeah, you fucked this one up too, but... I did? Yeah. No, I did Yeah, you did. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, there's a break that... Uh, isn't this the one? There's a break yeah. that... Uh, I come back in on time. No, I think you came back one, early. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. All right, let's see, let's see. Three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, no, three. This is all fine. Two, three, this four, is good. one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Come right in. Right. Oh, this one right here. One, two, three, four, 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 one, two, three. No, I come in and write. You stop counting off. No, oh, you keep playing it. This is where there's a... I did it right there. No, you came in early there. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No. We'll figure it out after the show. How are we going to figure it? Let's do it now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Goodbye, Earl. Me first. Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking of hello. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Oh, you're right. Ah. You're right. It's an eight count. I did just four. It's an eight count. I think you did the same on hello. No. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody could tell. Right. Except Nobody can tell. But the bass fucks up? Yeah, everybody can tell. The bass fucks up? Tennessee, 
Oh, I think we rocked it no matter what. Oh, no doubt. No, no fucking, fucking doubt. doubt. Everybody who worked there was like, dude, yeah. where are you playing next? No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and yeah. we said, we're not. No, we're not. This is it. This is it, man. One time only. Well, we want you next year. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Well, that's why I feel bad that we didn't post anything. So, like, um, because it, it was a one-time deal, right? Yeah. But we didn't post anything for those AKC fans. We don't have any equipment to do it anywhere else. The only right. reason we could do it is because they, they had, had the equipment. PA. Yeah. Well, where else do they have a PA? I don't know. Those are the gigs we need. So let's talk to an agent, say, hey, dude, get us gigs where they already have a PA, and then we can play. we're in. We're We're good. We're good. (laughs) Just bring our equipment, and you have a sound man, and we're good to go. Right. Like over at uh, Rosemont, at the financial park there. Yeah, right. Let's get a gig there. We could smoke that place. People go nuts. No doubt, John. All right. Uh, before we get to, because uh, no Phil's coming over, I don't know if you know yeah. that. Um, movies, John. It's been eight weeks. I know you've seen movies. <laughs> I've seen movies. I can only remember one that I've seen. Which one is that? Um, X Men: Days of Future Past. I did not see that one. I didn't. I slept through some of it. <laughs> It was supposed well, to be one of the best comic yeah, book movies was, of all time. It was time. really, really good. I got to see it again, though, to, to really take it all in, but it was fucking killer. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I haven't seen any of these movies. Yeah. Is this a standalone movie, or do I need to see all these other uh, ones before I see this one? Yeah, you might need to. It's it's a little tricky, because there's some, like, uh, there's some stuff going back in time from some of the other movies uh like the way the movie ends um you you won't get it i mean you'll get it how every you'll kind of get how it ends but you won't get some of the subtleties to the ending without knowing the history of how it got to that point i see so you would have to kind of watch the other movies. How many other movies are there? Uh, like three. But I don't have to or watch two, the two one-offs, like the Wolverines. No, no, no. I don't no, have to no, watch no. those. No, just the X-Men Just the series. X-Men yeah. one, yes. Yes. And um, so the whole thing was, um, I don't know, it was like a Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember what it was, but... Um, I'm sitting down here working on uh, um, some uh, tracks for... Modern Elixir? Demo tape? No, my wife was up in... I think it was was the week of Memorial Day or something. And uh, yeah, it was Modern Elixir. I was working on some tracks for Modern Elixir. And it was like a Sunday and uh, I was... uh, I had texted Julie and said, hey, what are you doing? You know, just see what she's up to. And she texts back, I don't know why. You want to do something? I'm like, uh, it's just me and Nathan. We're just hanging out. Um, I just got done doing some songs. I was going to send you a copy. And she's like, well, I got the kids. You want to go see a movie? <laughs> I'm thinking, um, yeah, I don't, re- don't want to drive up there. She goes, we'll drive down there. Okay, yeah, what the fuck? 
go ahead. Come on down. And my wife was off in Wisconsin with her friends. My daughter was out doing something. So it was just me and my son. And uh, I said, hey, Nate, you want to go see a movie? We'll go out to dinner. Uh, Julie's going to come down with her kids. And uh, so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and we ended up going to see X-Men. But we went to see it like I was so tired. I don't know if it was because of work or what. I was exhausted, and we ended up going to like a, a eleven o'clock show or something. PM? Yeah, it was late. And um, no, maybe it was like a nine o'clock show, and and it's like a three hour movie, dude. Um, but it's really cool. I mean, it deals with like time travel, and um, I dig time travel, yeah. John. It's really cool. It's 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 on so many levels cool. They really need the help of one of the major villains in the film, uh, who's a major villain throughout the uh, history of X Men. And it got an eight point four on IMDb. There, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I like started snoozing a little bit in the beginning of the film. I was really fighting it. You know how you're like stretching your eyes open and you're trying to sit up and yeah. So I was having a hard time staying awake. Um, but what I did see, I really liked it. <laughs> uh, well, you give it a spy, uh, how many Spiny Normans based on what you did how, see? How many do we get? Four. Four. Oh, I had three and a half. Easily. Three and a half. Oh, Spiny yeah. Normans. Oh yeah, it was cool. Where'd you go to see it? What theater? We went to Movie Co. Movie Co. It was cool. We walk in there and we sit down, and <laughs> Julie's kids are like, "Now this is a theater, man." Right Whoa. on. This is the place to see movies. Their eyeballs were like bugging out. And I'm like, this is nothing. Wait till you see iPick. Which amazingly, iPick isn't that much more. It's like a dollar more if you get a membership. Right. And you get the reclining, powered reclining seats. With the blankets and a personal server. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shit. Well, John, I saw Neighbors. Did you see Neighbors? No. You haven't seen that yet? No. That's pretty good. It was Zac Efron and uh, what the fuck is his name? Seth Rogen. Yeah. So Seth Rogen used to be a part. He and his wife used to be partiers, and then they buy this house, and they're starting a family. But uh, uh, Zac Efron, his frat, they burn down their frat house, so they buy the house next door. So it's about a, a family just starting out. That used to be partiers, uh, kind of trying to uh, uh, cohabitate in a neighborhood with a frat house, and it's uh, it's good. It's funny. It's funny, John. <laughs> um, I give that uh, three out of four. Spiny Normans. I also saw How to Train Your Dragon two. John, have you seen the first one? Right. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Second one, uh, equivalent good. Right. Um, but. Much more for me, anyway. The colors in the in the the palette of the movie was much more vibrant, if you will. In the second one, yes, in the second one, I'll give that I'll give that two and a half out of four. Spiny Normans. Then John, I saw. I think you saw this one, The Edge of Tomorrow. Did you see that? No, you haven't seen that. I have one? not seen it yet. Well, that one bombed at the box office. Really? From what I understand, totally fucking tanked at the box at the U.S. box office. 
It did well overseas. Yes, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And it's a sci-fi, but it's based, not based on, but it has the same theme as Groundhog Day, where Bill Murray lives the same day over and over again. Right. Tom Cruise lives the same day over and over again. Um, And what's really interesting is he starts out the movie, he's like a, um, a PR guy. Yeah. Uh, in the military. He's never seen combat. He's never had to probably do basic training. And the general, he goes to meet this general, and the general's like, hey, I want you to do this. And Tom Cruise's like, well, I'm not going to do that. And so the general fucking dresses him down, pretty much knocks him out, and sends him, uh, demotes him. He's now a private, and he's going to go on the front lines. So he keeps reliving this first day over and over again when he's deployed to the front lines. But because he relives the day over and over again, he gains more and more experience as a combat-ready soldier. And then he hooks up with Emily Blunt, uh, who had the same experience that he had, but she doesn't have it anymore. And they explain everything. And, you know, it's it's questionable, but you, you buy into it. And uh, it's really good. It's it's uh, funny. It's action packed. It's suspenseful. It's it's well done, creative in the way his character and Emily Blunt pr- progress and figure out how to meet their goal. And the goal is we have to exterminate these aliens, or we're fucking done as a species. Um, I thought it was really well done, but it fucking tanked at the box office. I give that one, John. I give that three and a half. Wow! Out of four, Spiny Normans. It was good, huh? The Edge of Tomorrow. Just last night, John, I saw Twenty Two Jump Street. Oh, we were supposed to see that. We, I see it again. Oh man! Here's my review. Ready? I played hooky from work yesterday. And we're supposed. You know, to I forgot about that. Supposed to see yeah. it, dude. I'm at home uh, in dude. the afternoon. It's like three o'clock, and I'm like, "God damn it, John t- had the day off today." Yeah, I just remembered yeah. it like three p.m. and I was like, "Fuck, it's too late to go see a movie." And then but you I went saw and saw that. it anyway. I saw it last night. Yeah, oh, you know, I did think about calling you up and saying, "Hey, you want to go to this movie?" Who'd you see it with? Well, I once saw it with my daughter. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, what is wrong with you, man? Well, we saw the first one together, yeah, well, so I thought we'd see the second daughter. one together. Yeah, hey, whatever. Pal. <laughs> you need to get some friends that are your own fucking age. Not 16. She liked it better than I did. You're living back in you're living in high school. Here's still, my day. My, my day. My review. <laughs> meh. <laughs> What's meh? I don't know. It's like piffed. It's like uh, piffed. What's piffed? I don't know. It's piffed. It's what this movie was. It's not piffed. It's piffed. <laughs> It's like psh. Meh. Eh. Meh. Meh. <laughs> there's some good laugh. parts. No, there's some parts that are good, but I just, you know, uh, Chanum Tating, he's so good on screen and and you want the material to be as good as Chanum Tating and it's just not Tatum Chaining and then there's this whole other story that goes on and I like both these guys I, I love a Chanum Tating and who's the other guy um, 
the guy who was in Superbad. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote the fucking movie. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill, Academy yeah. Award nominee, John, yeah. for uh, that one with the statistics in the baseball there. Right, Moneyball. Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Uh, I like, you know, I um, just recently I heard Jonah Hill on Howard Stern, and he's just a he's just a authentic, down to earth guy, and you could tell he's passionate about it, and he cares about movie making, and I like both of them, and I just kept waiting for something, 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 and it just never kind of materialized broke through, John. Yeah. It never broke through for me. It's a it's a good DVD rental or a, you know instant video rental, but to see it at the theater, uh, you, you really don't have to. Right, you don't have to. And then there's this uh, storyline where, <laughs> well, they go to college, right? <laughs> Twenty one Jump Street. They were high school students. Now they're college students. Right. And Jonah Hill hooks up with this art student <laughs> who is. Really, really good looking, and it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Doesn't translate. It does not translate no. to any type of reality that anybody in the fucking world ever lived in. It just doesn't. <laughs> you know, I, it makes me think about the movie Hitch um, with Will Smith and, and who's the guy um, from the UPS show? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, What's his name? Kevin He's a James. Kevin James. And Kevin James, there was a certain charm to Kevin James, and he pulled that off, that relationship with that woman. Like, you could see them together. You could see them together. Right. And Will Smith helped them, helped him get with this, this woman. Um, but this, you just, you just, and not for one second do you ever see these two ever, ever in the history of the world <laughs> together. <laughs> But I give Jonah Hill credit for writing the script and casting her, knowing that he would, right. you know, be in these scenes. But it just, it just doesn't for me anyway. I'm curious to know if you were to see it, if it works for you. It didn't work for me, and that's a big part of the, not a big part, but it's a, a substantial part of the movie. And it is a comedy, you know, and I get it. But uh, every time they were on screen <laughs> together, I'm like, it's just what? What are they trying to sell me here? This is not no. No, I don't buy this. Not at all. I I haven't seen it yet because I was supposed to see it with somebody, but no. Somebody. He'd rather go with his 16-year-old friend <laughs> instead. She liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, she'll give you a whole different review. And I think that's because of Chanum Tating. Chanum Tating? And then the other, uh, uh, I didn't see this at the theater, but I recommended this to you because I thought it was fantastic. I saw it on Netflix. It was a documentary. And you may have to help me with the title. I think it's called... Documentary? Yeah, Documentary. Beware the Baker? Is that what it's called? Yeah. About Ginger Baker? Ginger Baker. You recommended it to me. Yeah, yeah, because I saw it and I recommended it to you. I, I thought that movie was fucking fantastic. It told the story of Ginger Baker, the drummer from... Uh, he's best known as the drummer from Cream. Right. Um, but how he got involved in the band, and they had some really interesting, I thought, uh, I don't know, il- illustrations, uh, oh, yeah. cartoons. Yeah. and creepy fucking the, shit. The man. way they told the story, and they interview him, he's in his, he's got to be in his 70s, maybe early 80s now, and 
He's just an old, grumpy fucking asshole. And when I see him as an old man, that's who I picture that I'm going to be like. If I get that age, <laughs> that's what I'm going to be gonna like. You're going to look like a fucking zombie. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'll look like a zombie, but the attitude that he had. Zombie. Like, I don't have fucking time for this. Fuck you. <laughs> well, the very opening scene is so provocative. Uh, it's the this kid decides to track down Ginger Baker and try to get his story because he's interested. Yeah. And they, I don't know. The kid's like in his late 20s or 30s or something. And Ginger Baker lives in South Africa. So he travels to South Africa and he shows up. And I don't know when this really occurred in the, in the entire process of making the movie. But he pulls up into this uh, compound that Ginger Baker lives in. And Ginger Baker comes out, and he fi- Ginger Baker finds out that he's been interviewing other people about him. Yeah. And he's going to include that in the movie. And he's fucking pissed off. <laughs> and he takes his cane. He fucks him up, and man. And like, I think, he, did he break his nose? Jams it right into his face. And yeah, the kid's filming this nose. whole thing. And you see this, and he captures this freeze frame. And the look of anger and contempt yeah. and disgust on Ginger Baker's face. You're like, I got to fucking see what's going on <laughs> yeah, here. Right. I mean, it's such a great introduction. Yeah. Um, and then I think the movie's really well done. They tell the, the story. And I didn't know anything about Ginger Baker before I saw this movie. And now I feel like I can, at a cocktail party, I can talk for two hours about Ginger Baker. So I thought the movie was outstanding. What did you think, John? You're a drummer. What did you think? I thought it was awesome, man. It was great. Did I think he was a good drummer? Yeah, did yeah. you think? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good drummer, but he disses Bonham and, and Keith Moon. Well, yeah, He's like Moon, Mooney and Bonham. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the shit. Yeah, he's the shit. And that's because of his jazz background. And, yeah. Um, what they really didn't get into, or maybe he's they all right. did. I didn't think he was like... The greatest drummer. Right. Well, and, and I think part of being, you can be a great drummer, but if your style or if you're the way you approach it doesn't influence anybody, yeah. then you're not going to be considered a great drummer. And Keith Moon and John Bonham were, were really influential, weren't they? Yeah. From a, a rock drumming perspective. Yeah. Neil Peart said he was influenced by Keith Moon, but he also said Ginger Baker in the film was the shit, too. Yeah. So. I don't know. So take if you're it, if you're a drummer, you definitely have to see this yeah. movie. And if you're in a band, I, I think you I would lost appreciate my this shit movie. When he fell over, when he <laughs> when he's sitting there and he just like falls over, falls off his drum stool. <laughs> he's so fucked up. Oh my god! I had it's to amazing it. I that was, he's still I alive. Was laughing, so he's like Keith Richards. Yeah. I mean, these people don't abuse know. Exactly. themselves with drugs and alcohol, and they're still fucking walking around. Right, alive. It's uh, it's unreal to me. Oh, and the other thing that was startling to me is the the power of a rock persona. Um, Ginger Baker in his sixties was still uh, hooking up with really attractive twenty year olds. He yeah, married them. Right. He married them. Um. <laughs> right. What was he thinking? Right. What was he thinking? First of all, so yeah, I give that uh, three and a half out of four. Why wouldn't I give that four out of four, John? 
I don't know. I'll give it four out of four. I don't know if you'd enjoy it if you don't have a, a musician's background, though. Uh, I don't know. I kind of disagree. I think maybe you would still, if you have, uh, if you have a love of music, especially for that era. Yeah, I, I agree um, with that. Definitely, you'd totally get into it. You'd be like, "Oh, I remember this guy," and then you'd be like, "Whoa, I had no idea." <laughs> No idea. Fucked up. No fucking idea. Yeah. On. Oh, there we go. Finally. Finally, what? Boots gets posted on. uh, Boots. Boots. All right, John. Is that all you got for two ninety seven? Two ninety seven. Because I think Phil's supposed to show up at some point unless there's something else you wanted to hold on man i gotta share this you gotta share your share gotta, what are you sharing i gotta share i've been sharing these videos on uh to- the total talk nonsense uh page there we go shared they are shared scott scott i see that john and scott hold on let me get are that. you gonna go get that yeah, yeah. Let me. Oh, why is the doorbell getting louder? <laughs> go on, it's getting go closer get it. to us. Hold on. Got it. You did a key. Hey, man, what's happening? Come on back. <laughs> you don't even have shoes on. How are you making that click, click, click? Is there a pair of shoes there that you throw on? I have coconuts. Oh. <laughs> You have those wooden shoes that you bought from Amsterdam (laughs) when we were there? Yeah. Those are out of sight. Ow, shit. Oh, you okay? No, I'm fine. I'm getting rickety. I'm 50. (laughs) Ow, shit. (laughs) I go to push myself up on the chair and my shoulder cracks. (laughs) Ow, shit. Is Phil ready? Of course not. I'm always ready. It's good to be back. After a fucking eternity. No doubt. TTN News. Phil McCracken Whitcomb. Thank you, John. A rapper cuts off his penis in suicide attempt. The reattachment fails. That's right, John. A rapper who worked with members of the group Wu-Tang Clan cut off his penis and jumped from a second floor balcony in an apparent suicide attempt. Andre Johnson was found on the sidewalk outside an apartment building in West Hollywood at 1 a.m. on Wednesday morning, eight weeks ago, and taken to Cedar Sinai Hospital in critical condition. I think I have some audio, John, if you have time to, to cue that up. Johnson is also known by the stage name Christ Bearer and is in the rap group North Star. Wu Tang Clan founding member Raz, or do you say RZA? Produced North Star's debut album. (laughs) (laughs) Settle down, John. (laughs) Members of North Star were with Johnson. Without warning, he cut off his penis. Oh, no. And he left from the building. They said by the time they got downstairs, he was running around screaming. I think you just played that audio, John, did you? Yes, running around screaming. Wait, no. Hold on a second. (laughs) He's running around. 
<laughs> That's running away screaming, oh. John. He was running around screaming. <laughs> they also said hard drugs were involved. And believe Johnson must have mental problems. <laughs> Next story, John. (laughs) For those parents out there who have waited 18 years to get your house back, I have some bad news. Boomerang kids are not leaving anytime soon. No. And if you wait for them to just figure things out, they'll just outlive you. (laughs) Next story, John. That's what I said about my daughter. Lizard crawls up man's penis. Oh, what? Man says experience was pleasurable. That's right. This is out of Chicago, John. Oh, no. Sean from Chicago had initially been reluctant to tell doctors about a reptile, but when informed a catheter may be inserted to help him urinate, he decided to confess everything. A catheter is like truth serum, said Dr. Katrina Nguyen. <laughs> All of a sudden, the truth comes out. The man had reportedly been trying to prove to his wife he was sexually adventurous by spending time outdoors naked. This is when the lizard had managed to slither up his urethra. (laughs) I think I have audio, John. But rather than being horrified by what had just happened, Sean apparently loved it. He found it awkward that he enjoyed the pleasurable sensations. (laughs) Next story, John. Something's wrong with that. This is some tragic news shot out of Seattle. No. One injured after a porta potty explodes. Oh. Bystanders said it looked like some scary shit. <laughs> Next story, John. I'm sorry, officer. I had the pot in my panties because the cocaine in my suitcase took up all the space. That's right, John. It was anything but smooth sailing for a 33-year-old New York woman returning from her cruise vacation when the authorities found cocaine in her luggage and marijuana in her underwear. Six weeks ago, at her, I'm sorry, that make that eight plus six, 14 weeks ago around 10.30 p.m. at the Cape Liberty Cruise Port in Bayonne, Aslan, Hamilton of New York was charged with possession of a controlled dangerous substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. Authorities recovered six grams of marijuana and a gram of cocaina, all of which tested positive. U.S. Customs officials reported smelling a strong odor of marijuana while processing the suspect. The subsequent search of the suspect's luggage uncovered a bag hidden in the luggage containing a white substance that tested positive for cocaine. The suspect was found to have a large amount of marijuana <laughs> hidden on her purse. The marijuana was hidden in her panties. <laughs> Next story, John. Gun silencer sales, John. Gun silencer sales are skyrocketing. No. In case you haven't heard. Next story, John. A man walks through town center squirting women with a water pistol filled with his own urine. 
now finds himself in a wee bit of trouble. Where's Scott going? This man walking around with his squirt gun. Ian Wilson, 56, squirted the two strangers in broad daylight while walking through Blackburn Town Center. The businessman runs an internet marketing business and uses the catchphrase, Have a great day. Wilson from Blackburn was suffering a mental breakdown due to the breakdown of his relationship with his Dutch wife. He pleaded guilty to two charges of common assault, but said he had no explanation for why he opened fire on the women with his own urine. He has been ordered to pay... $50 $50 compensation to each of his victims. <laughs> Next story, John. A woman attacks a man with a coffee cup. That's grounds for felony assault, John. Next story, John. Oh, that's dumb. So dumb. Getting arrested for wearing a red throng. <laughs> a red a throng. And no pants on a subway train after making love to a bench while smoking crack is no way to go through life, son. A mechanic. A man accused of trying to make love to a BART train seat was rightfully convicted of lewd conduct. Although Leslie Bailey, 28, was acquitted of felony indecent exposure for the episode, a San Francisco jury found him guilty of misdemeanor lewd acts. Bailey was arrested May 8, 2014, shortly after a fire train <laughs> operator Lori Hudson saw him on his knees in the, the nearly empty first car, thrusting his pelvis against a seat next to the cab. The he was described as having as wearing either red thong underwear or boxer shorts. Well, those are pretty different, don't yeah. you think? Hudson a testifies that she then gave him, saw him gyrating on his stomach, his feet in the aisle before he flipped over and began masturbating and smoking crack cocaine. You're a dim teacher. You're a dim teacher. <laughs> Bailey never acknowledged the operator while in the throes of his passion, but noticed her once he exited the street station and public defender's office said. Hudson testified that while Bailey apologized to her for smoking, his genitals were peeking out from under his shirt. Bart police found him at the elevator at the station's <laughs> muni level. In a recording of the encounter that was captured by Bart police officer Jerry Zwootzlet's collared monitor camera, Bailey denied masturbating and claimed to be the elevator because it was convenient place to urinate. There was, however, no urine on the floor. Brick of Alameda County Superior Court wrote in a three-order ruling <laughs> that they found no arguable issues on appeal, whatever that means. Although it wasn't captured in the recording, <laughs> Bailey's member, still in its aroused state, was still <laughs> protruding through the bottom of his shirt as Zwootzloot patted him down. <laughs> Deputy Public Defender Emily Dam, Bailey's attorney, has said that her client had not Damn been be. <laughs> taking his antipsychotic be. medication regularly and that he had been binging on crack cocaine. She argued Damn during the week-long trial be. that Bailey, who is homeless, had been trying to have a private moment, not attract public attention, to convict someone of felony distant exposure. Prosecutors must approve that the defendant was seeking attention. Bailey was sentenced to time served and release, John. A wickamickahole. <laughs> it related news, John. Damn wetter bell beat. Carrying around a hundred pound scrotum is no way to go through uh, life. No. Either. Dan Morarar, 39, was nearly 
has nearly a hundred pound enlarged scrotum, which he wants removed. Alphatitis of the nuts. When I go out, people do look. They try to be polite. You can see when someone's not right. He said, Marr, Marrer, said it's affected his health and his relationship with his wife, Mindy. I don't want to lose her, says Marrer. In my late 20s, I noticed it was a little larger in that area. Dan had broken cysts inside his scrotum. He spent the next two years going to a wound center. The size didn't change. It wasn't until Dan saw a TLC show called The Man with a 32... 132 pound scrotum oh. that he knew that there was hope. That's when I found out that's what I had. Marrer said, referring to his condition called scrotal lymphedemia. It's a rare condition called by blockages in the lymphatic vessels. No, it's called. Want to see a picture of a guy with elephantitis of the nuts? Dan's only hope is a doctor in California who will perform surgery to remove the growth. <laughs> I think it's, he's taking a whole different approach to it, Marrer said. The surgery is dangerous and expensive. Dan is hoping to raise money to help pay for it. He knows it will not only improve his health, but bring him closer to his wife. I haven't had marital relations with my husband in seven years, says Mindy. When you say those vows, you either mean them or you don't. And I mean it. <laughs> Next and last story, John. <laughs> and I believe it. Is that a loaded gun in your vagina? Or are you just not very happy to see me? <laughs> That's no place to pack a pistol, John. A Tennessee woman being booked for driving with a suspended license was slapped with weapon charges after cops found a loaded gun in her vagina. The smoking gun reported. Dallas Archer, 19, was arrested around 3.15 p.m. Monday and brought to Kingsport Jail, where cops found the tiny gun concealed in her vagina. A female cop was performing a routine search when she noticed an unknown object in Archer's groin. She and another female officer then took the blonde perp into the bathroom where they discovered a 4-inch North American Arms 22 lr revolver. Police said the $250 gun originally belonged to John Sutherer, a retired car salesman from Kingsport. And that's the news, John. In our urethras, we have a little teeny tiny vagina. I'm Phil McCracken. Welcome. <laughs> With Total Dog Nonsense. Oh, I thought. Oh, I gotta run. See you later. Bye, Phil. Uh, bye bye. I heard that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Phil is in. He's yes. Out. And that concludes. You two. know what that means, John? That's right. It's the end of two ninety-seven, Scott. Show comes to a close. All right. So we on for next week. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No because doubt. you don't have dancing anymore. No dancing. No dancing. Yeah, but it's the last day of the month, so I'll be working till midnight <laughs> on Monday night. So we'll do Tuesday then. We're looking at yeah. a Tuesday. Tuesday. That's awesome, John. Anything we forgot to mention? I don't know. Probably. Probably Most an email. Likely. 
Yeah, emails, voicemails. We Anything any of those we forgot things? to mention, give us a call. Let us know. TP never called us back, no. so we'll have to hook up with him and figure out uh, what's going on in Iraq. He'll give us the straight dope. And that's all I know, John. Yeah. Um. Oh. Wait, maybe we had a message. Hold on a second. Hold on, let me check something here. <laughs> Are you saying TP called and we didn't pick it up? <laughs> uh, that would be tragic. Tragic. I'm eating like Chris. That's not TP. I don't know who did that. <laughs> we don't know who that was? No. That was a nice impression. Hey, this is a Southside Bat from uh, good old Bridgeport in Chicago. And my buddy, uh, George, uh, Mr. Biggs, yeah, that asshole, uh, he told me to call the show and tell you guys, uh, you know, what's what's with the no shows, you know. Uh, actually, he didn't say that. He just said it was a good show. And I'm like, hey, I, I can't find any shows except for old shit. So I'm like, what the, what the fuck? Anyways, uh, go White Sox. Um, the Cubs are a bunch of queers and... Uh, yeah, but our show, guys, uh, I'm sure you're good from what I hear, and I, I hear that uh, that one band is pretty good. I don't know what their name is, uh, Modern, Modern Liquid or something, I don't know. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it, yeah. Maybe not. I'm eating like Chris. Ah, there's where that comes in. <laughs> At the end, yes, yes. Sorry, At the very end. Anyways, call us at um, what's our number? I don't know. It's on the Facebook somewhere, isn't it? Is it on the Facebook somewhere? It's gotta be. Yeah, it's on there. It's right here. Here's what it says. Call us at 224-BIG-ROD-1, Scott. That's right, John. Big-ROD-1. 224-BIG-ROD-1. Or 224-244-7631. 224-244-7631. Or you can Skype us at John GTN underscore John. I think it is. Let me double check that. TTN underscore J-O-N, John. Yes. 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 All right, that's all the time we have for this show. Uh, 297 comes to a close. I'm John. And I'm Scott. Say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. You're listening to John and Scott. Total Talk Nonsense.